This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. I love mixing it up by betting against the spread, taking the over on Giannis's points every chance I get, and more exclusive bets like the 2x3, 2-3 scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine bets like those for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash BlueWire. That's FanDuel.com slash BlueWire to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com RG in Virginia. What is going on, everybody? The Xbox Two podcast is now live. Um, hopefully, everybody is having an incredible Friday. Uh, we are here. I am one of your hosts, Randall Thor Nineteen, the man with the million. And with me, as usual, is my co-host who just dropped um, an article on Windows Central that I didn't get to read yet, but I'm sure he'll talk about on the show. The managing editor of Windows Central. My buddy, and your buddy, Jess Corden. <laughs> what is hey, going on? Hey, pal. Yep, it's been a. It's certainly been a week. Interesting. I just banged my head on the microphone. Sorry about that, everyone who's listening. But uh, yeah, we we made it through to fr- another Friday. Another, another Friday. Friday. Another Friday. Another, another Xbox Friday. Two, right? Another Friday in paradise, indeed. And uh, we're all here rocking out with the peeps in the chat. Got everything set up and ready to go, and. Uh, Going to talk some Xbox news, talk some games. Been playing quite a few games this week, actually. Talk about 
now that the embargoes have lifted, can actually talk about them. Um, but yeah, uh, have you had a good week, Mister Rand? Yeah, Randall Four Nineteen. It's been an, it's been it's been a week. It's also been a great start to the year, gaming wise. That's for sure. A lot of games to be yeah, played. A lot true. of a lot of like. I'm trying to think so far of this gen. Like this has definitely been the year so far of quality content coming fast, right? Hi-Fi Rush, Harry, you know, Hogwarts Legacy, uh, Dead Space. I'm, of course, that's just in the Xbox side. I know Switch owners got to play a new Fire Emblem game, I believe. And then, you know, this week you got Wild Hearts. There's a new Yakuza game uh, out as well, like Ishin, I believe. That seems to be reviewing pretty well. PSVR 2 is coming out next week, and it's the the hardware is getting some some pretty stellar reviews. Um, you know, Monday's Atomic Heart, um, which I don't know if that's going to be any good. Seems like maybe it will be. And then February's lo- loaded with a bunch of games in March and April and May and June. Like, man, it's definitely starting off right, and that's exactly what uh, you love to see: video games that are great. Um. And I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm just. I haven't been on the Xbox the last couple of days, mainly because I beat Hogwarts Legacy, and I'm sort of in that mode of, okay, what am I playing next? And I feel like my next game is going to be Atomic Heart, but I didn't want to start anything before then, so I'm kind of just like, all right, hurry up Monday and get here so I can start playing Atomic Heart because I have. Uh, I finished Hogwarts, which I'll talk about a little bit uh, later on. But yeah, how you doing, man? How's how's your week been? Yeah, same old. Just working, just working. In fact, there's a lot of stuff going on that I can't talk about at the minute. Really? But um, a lot, yeah. a lot of interesting Game. stuff going on. Yeah, interesting stuff. You might hear some of it next week. Really? Games been playing, embargoes flying around, different companies, that kind of stuff. So there's there's always stuff in the pipeline, but I'm not going to think about any of that right now. Just gonna chill and worry about the stress of it a little bit lighter. <laughs> and uh, God, I, I really need a personal assistant. You do. Do you want a job, Rand? Do you want mm-hmm. to be a personal assistant? I'm you your be, personal yeah. assistant. What, what would be, yeah, be? What, what would I have to do? Organizing what I got to do today. today organizing what, what, my what meetings. What do you? What when I think of what Jez Corden does from day to day, I just usually think you just wake up and start drinking, and then. <laughs> maybe maybe you oh, write yeah. an article and that's about it and then you and then you go play some <sighs> some World of Warcraft and that's your day isn't it isn't that do I have it down right chat I mean it's, isn't it's, that what Jez's day off. usually yeah. is does something revolve around yeah not far off not far off not far off it's like well it's <laughs> I'm waking up it's 10 a.m. I'm gonna put some brandy in this 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 little drink and uh, let me go write some, let me go write an article that takes me 10 minutes about something Xbox related. <clears throat> And uh, about how my hobby, about my, how uh, Jim Ryan took out the, the private jet again to fly to Seattle, and uh, <laughs> and then yeah. I'm, let me go play World of Warcraft for the rest of the day, right? Xbox fans became flight trackers this week. Yeah, you I know, we, I definitely have stuff to say about that because that headline is just—it is not Xbox fans, Eurogamer. No, it's not. It, it, I feel False like patterns is not yeah, an Xbox. Exactly. Fan. I don't. This kind of just leads to this. It, it demonizes a group because not only that, it's Xbox fans, meaning plural, meaning a whole bunch of them. Like they're looking in the skies, looking for where flying lion Jim Ryan saving Private Ryan. 
Whatever, whatever we're used to calling them on the show. Like, oh man, they're tracking Sony's plane. Look how big of losers they are. They're just gigantic freaking losers who want this deal to go through because you know Microsoft's monopoly. Also, on the same, the same sort of, uh, you know, uh, what what would a what would a Game Pass controlled uh, ecosystem landscape look like? Could that be monopolistic? It's like, what is going on this week? I swear to God. I don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's crazy. Uh, we'll definitely yeah, be talking about all this stuff. Um, uh, but we have to get through some really quickly, some housekeeping, as you guys know. Um, everybody in the Patreon, they voted for Wild Hearts gameplay. So finally, we got some Jez footage here of Wild Hearts. Looks like this is the beginning of the game. I know because you said you told me you're about 50 hours in. And I was like, oh, let me see some high-level play from Jez. But I certainly didn't get that here. Uh, no high level play at all. Just the beginning. What are you talking about? It's not yeah, high my my no high my bro- I asked my brother to record this. Oh, and, okay. Um, and he he said that he went back to the start because he didn't want to give people in the chat spoilers. Uh, I thought that was very thoughtful. Very of very thoughtful of your brother indeed. So mm-hmm. enjoy the Wild Hearts gameplay. We'll talk about that later. But just uh, we have a. Not a, we have a returning sponsor for the show, yes? Yes, we do. And I'm going to do a quick ad read for this. We have a returning sponsor. And uh, it is for all those health-conscious people out there, um, of which I'm trying to be one, but uh, not having much luck right now. But if you are in North America, you might be interested in this great deal from our sponsor this week, Factor Meals. So, yeah, looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. No matter what your lifestyle is, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by professional chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. Head to factormeals.com slash xbox260, that's xboxtwo 60 and use code xbox260 to get 60% off your first box. That's code xbox260 at factormeals.com slash xbox260 to get 60% off your first box. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best life ever. The American way. A supernova sets. The American. So yes, yeah. Factor Meals. You um, you you've used Factor yeah, Meals. Yeah, I've been around. I've been using Factor Meals. They're they're uh, the thing about Factor Meals is that they come the the food comes already prepared. So all you got to do they they ah, ship they ship a big great. box to you right. Everything's packed in with dry ice, and you have your meals. You can order. Uh, usually get like six for two people or just there's, there's a, a bunch of different amounts you can order and you know, you get 60% off for your first box and you choose this sort of plan that you want. I chose like calorie conscience, right? Calorie smart. Cause I'm on a diet and I'm not really the cooking type of person. I just like to pop something in the microwave and be done with it. And that's what this is. So everything comes in prepackaged containers. You put them in the, the freezer and when you're ready to have something to eat, you pop it in the microwave and, Four minutes later, you're actually eating some quality food. It's uh, I know a lot of people look at it as like, oh, it's frozen, which it is, but it definitely is prepared, and then they ship it to you uh, completely frozen. So it's 
it's actually like pretty gourmet for the most part for what you're getting, especially compared to other products. Like you would go and uh, go to the like the grocery store and get like the TV meals and the the frozen TV meals in the aisle, like from different places. It definitely is is way better than that. So um, it's been helping me, uh, you know, keep on my weight loss journey. So thank you to Factor Meals for sponsoring this episode and make sure you guys click on the link in the description or go to factormeals.com slash xbox 260 and use the code xbox 260 to get 60 percent off if you want to so um we also have the incredible people over at patreon supporting the show you can uh sign up at patreon.com slash xb2 we do have an xbox 2 plus 1 coming later in the month still working on locking down a guest but it should be pretty cool um we got some shout outs there we have uh chris pernice tharsman hey blinken the bearded tate sleets army dude 52c mr butter jeans william schumacher ryan kipple foreign object mythic marty tyler gunstar 75 moronic dark donkey 99 c money mario kart madman on youtube makazilla haters will be haters randall thor 19 mm-hmm, me silas eric gregory elijah vasquez james moore Jack Mikoff, Katriox, Ricky Fallon, Bright Tundra, Jasper Shap, Joseph Cam- Campbell, Sub the Jazz's Only Beans, okay, <laughs> Mr. Joanna Dark, Justin Duell, Frank Marino, Probo King, Justin Miller, Asa T, and Madison, Untidy Tim, Grizzly Mofoji, Governor Grimm, DZ Huffin, Justin Sago, Andrew Courtney, Wagerman, Achievement, The Scarecrow 121, Darren Tropy, Prof JJ, J- Prof JJJ, three J's, Butterball 8, Ghostface Killer, Wolfgang, KPZ, and Ralph Wiggum. Thank you guys so much for supporting us on Patreon. And the Patreon producer this week is Achievement. Um, In the description is a link to his Twitter profile. You guys can uh, follow him there if you so desire. Um, I know I'm using a different picture than the one he currently has, uh, but I didn't have that picture. Either way, uh, he's a great dude. So make sure you give him a follow on Twitter if you want to. So yeah, that's uh, the housekeeping all finished, Jez. So thank you to Factor Meals, and thank you to all the amazing patrons for supporting what we do here. Uh, and moving on from that, Jez, uh, we what do we want to talk about? Um, you know, this this, this is talk about. Well, yeah, we got some super chat. I'll get to them in a minute. But uh, tell us about Wild Hearts since it came out this week. Yeah, so I suppose if we're quickly running through what we've been playing this week, I've been playing World Hearts, and the game seems to have some controversy attached to it. Because mm, you know? it doesn't um, run well, does it? At least well, late, in later parts of the game. It's it's interesting, right? So for those who don't know, World Hearts is the game up on screen right now. It's a Monster Hunter clone. I mean, through and through, it's a Monster Hunter clone. It plays like Monster Hunter. It has wep- oversized weapons like Monster Hunter. As crazy bosses like Monster Hunter, it's it's literally Monster Hunter. The the game goes well out of its way to avoid saying the word monster. <laughs> this is really funny. <laughs> so it's 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 kind of like The Last of Us goes out the way goes out of its way to say zombies, right? Um, it's like yeah yeah okay, just just call them monsters, man. But anyway, um, the game's amazing. I put fifty hours into it this week. You know, I I it's Monster Hunter and it plays like Monster Hunter, and unlike a lot of these sort of sort of shallow monster hunter clones that have come out over the years this one actually feels great to play it's super tight the weapons are really satisfying and interesting that's the monster hunter gameplay loop that i really like but it strips out a lot of the 
um, I don't know what you call it. Some of the chores that I would associate with Monster Hunter, like like in Monster Hunter Rise, like you don't have to go. I mean, kind of. You still there's still like farming mats and stuff like that, but they make it easy for you because the game has like these building mechanics, and you can like set up buildings which will farm the mats for you. You know, so there's this whole like progression layer where it's like I'm learning how to build more things. While also getting more armor, we're also getting better weapons. So it's like it's really cool, and it has like all these unique hooks that Monster Hunter doesn't have. Um, like each Monster Hunter game has its little gimmick, but this like um, this this the gimmick that this game has, which is the Fortnite building stuff, it's really deep and it works really well in the game. Like you can you can spawn crates and springboards mid combo, and you can get iframes off them, for example. So you like you might spawn a springboard in the middle of an attack, which gives you iframes to dodge a monster's attack, and then you weave in your next attack. So it just it just feels really good, and it works really well, you know. So I'm having, I'm having a blast with it, and also the online systems work really well, way better than Monster Hunter. Like in Monster Hunter, it really has you jumping through all these hoops to get an online game going. But this is just like you press a button, or you can just join through the Xbox Party menu, and that's it. It works great. But the big controversy around the game is that it was rushed out the door by EA like a bunch of other games they've released in the past and it's not finished. So the first the first half of the game is um, quite well optimized. But the second half of the game, some of the lighter maps are clearly just not optimized. I think some of the visual effects they've got in there are just not optimized. They're stealing CPU, they're stealing RAM or something, I don't know. But it's like sometimes the game slows down in a way that it's almost like slow motion, man. It's like slow motion. It's it's not even like it's not even like the, a frame rate issue. The whole game goes into slow motion, and obviously a game that has weapon combos that rely on specific timing that's a big problem. Because if I've committed to muscle memory a specific combo that has specific timing, and then my whole game's going into slow motion mode. It can really screw you up, so it becomes frustrating in that in that instance. Um, and that's on the Xbox Series X. On the Xbox Series S, the game is ugly as hell. It looks like I don't know. You're trying to run Cyberpunk on a on a Super Nintendo. It's pixelated. There's a weather effect. It, it, the whole screen looks blurry. It's it's horrible. It's truly awful on a Series S. Like I feel bad for anyone trying to play this on a Series S. It's really bad. And also, like, on um, on PC, supposedly, it's really bad, too. I haven't tested the PC version, but, like, uh, if you watch SkillUp's review on YouTube, just really poorly optimized on PC. So they've said they're going to do patches next week that will improve some of this stuff. They've identified a memory leak, and they've identified some other issues with it. Um, so they are going to look at optimizing the game. Yeah, but it's really fun. And I suppose, like, if you don't fancy paying full whack for it, it'll probably be on Xbox Game Pass Ultimate in six months because of EA Play, right? That's usually how it works, right, right? Uh, usually a year, I think. A year? Yeah. Usually, okay. usually it's about a year. Well, it's it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit shorter for the the sports games, but a little bit longer for the um like the core games. The core games, yeah. So I would I would look for it probably a year from now, so like February. Well, I suppose like um if the game does really badly because because of the performance issues, I suppose like they might put it in there a little bit sooner maybe. I don't know. But I expect it'll get a price drop even still. I mean, it's like um 
Yeah, like Elijah Vasquez says, I heard someone say the rain looks like a GTA remake. Yeah, the rain looks really strange. It's like it's super pixelated. It's like they've tried. I think they've tried to be clever, right? And they've tried to put like some motion blurring on the on the individual drops of rain or something. And <laughs> I kind of appreciate what they've tried to do, but it just looks horrible. It looks like it looks like it looks like you're in a real storm where you've got water in your eyes and you can't see anything. It's it's kind of like yeah, this isn't this isn't the kind of realism I want out of my storm, Wild Hearts. But um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I love I still love the game, even though it's a bit of a mess, and I've gotten a lot out of it. Like I said, I put about fifty hours into it already. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, that's Wild Hearts for you. Um, fifty yeah, hours. Jeez. Yeah, fifty hours. Yeah, I played it a lot, man. I played it a lot. But if you um if you're not into Monster Hunter. This isn't. This probably isn't going to change your mind, really. So, like, like someone like me, I've never really played a Monster Hunter game, and I, I see. I don't even know if I'd like a Monster Hunter game. And so it's like I, I see this, and I I do like the look of it, but it's just like, is this something I'm, I I I don't know. It's there's honestly too many games. If Atama Cart wasn't coming out next week, I probably would play Wild Hearts to try it out. Yeah. I, I just wonder and how many people are in my position where like they haven't really played a hunting game, and they're just like, "Is this worth checking out?" Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard, man. Like, it's hard. It's hard to just because a bunch of people have said that to me and they've been like, "Oh well, I didn't like Monster Hunter. Will I like this?" And it's kind of like, "Well, probably not," because it's it's the same kind of thing. You still have to like learn the weapons. Um, and then you have to learn how the weapon interacts with the monsters and stuff like that. And you have to learn a lot of stuff via experimentation because they don't really give you much information kind of in the tutorials. So like, if you have played Monster Hunter before, you'll get to grips with it really easily. But if you haven't played Monster Hunter before, you'll be like, God damn, this is so frustrating. You know, so unless you're willing to make that effort to learn, learn the ins and outs of the genre, um, it's gonna be the you'll feel the same way about it. I mean, probably the best thing to do would be to um, if you are curious about it, try Monster Hunter Rise on Xbox Game Pass because it's basically the same kind of gameplay loop, really. Um, so if you can get into Monster Hunter Rise, you'll probably really enjoy Wild Hearts. Um, I'm playing Wild Hearts over Monster Hunter Rise right now, um, because I'm just I. I don't know. There's something about Monster Hunter Rise that I just kind of don't like, and I think it's because it's a more of a condensed experience. For it's originally a Nintendo Switch game, you know. So like some of the some of the more immersive Monster Hunter stuff just isn't there. Like so for me, it's like Wild Hearts is better than Rise, but Monster Hunter World is better than both of them. But mm. I don't know. Um, but the other game I've been playing this week round is Like a Dragon. Oh, Ishin. both new games. Okay, how's this one? Yeah. And I've put about I put about twenty hours into like a Whoa. dragon as well. You you be playing playing this week? Yeah, dude. Have you I, even I be, play a lot of games. Have you, but have, just, you have you even I'm loaded honest. up World of Warcraft this week? That's like what seventy hours between these two games. Jeez. Yeah, I I did do I did do actually no. Well, I raided last Sunday, mm. but like it's towards it's towards the end of the season in WoW, so there's not much to do now. You know, so I'm just waiting for the next season in WoW. But um, but I haven't really touched WoW recently. But yeah, I've been playing like a Dragon Ishin, which is um, you know, it's it's a Yakuza game. You know, it's it's the Yakuza characters in a very very authentic 
feudal Japan setting. Like I found myself like looking up on Wikipedia, like, is this is this what it was is this all fantasy fiction? It's like, no, it's like this is sort of like sort of grounded in reality. You know, the characters and it talks about the shogunate and, and all this kind of stuff, political intrigue and drama. A lot of talking. Mm. A lot of talking. We know how much you love a lot of cut cutscenes and talking. Yeah. But that that being said, it's like it's really engaging, even though it's, there's no there's no English voice actor, no no English voiceover. Um, I found myself really engaged with the story, so like I actually, you know, when I go back and play it again, I know exactly where I was in the story. I know exactly what's going on, and I know all the characters are because it's, it's super engaging. Um, the only the only thing I didn't really there's a couple of things I don't really like about it. First of all, the visuals look really dated. And I think originally this game was it was a PS3 game or a PS2 game. I want to say even so, it's like it's it's sort of like a it's like a it's like a big remaster of the original, I believe. Um, I'm not really clued up on the history of the game, but yeah, it looks it looks quite dated, even though it has been sort of ported over to the the modern Yakuza engine or whatever they're using. Um, but because of that, it also feels really dated. You know, like the the combat and stuff. It's kind of like I was going from playing, um, I was going from playing like Wild Hearts, which has like this really tight melee combat, to playing like a Dragon Ishin, which also has melee combat, but it just doesn't feel good to play combat wise. You know, there's some cool moves you can do, like you can switch between stances, and the guy he has like a revolver and a samurai sword. So it's kind of, it's kind of like Red Dead Redemption in the sense that it's like it's they're moving out of the feudal age, and now like guns are showing up. You know, Europeans are coming and they're bringing their technology, cannons and you know revolvers and rifles and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like it's like the old ways of the samurai culture and whatever is dying out, and you know, there's a lot of change and upheaval, political, social, whatever. Like Red Dead Redemption in a way, um, and. Uh, that plays into the combat. So, like, you have a gun. You can have a gun and a sword. And, like, he tries to, like, you know, weave his sword attacks in with the, the gun attacks. And it looks really cool. And some of the moves you can do are really awesome. Um, like, uh, there's, there's a lot of, um, like, execution attacks. But it's also really hilarious in that sort of Yakuza way where you'll sl- in the combat scene, you'll slice a guy up and shoot him in the head. And then, like, when it comes out of the battle scene, he's just, like, sort of knocked out on the floor. And he's saying, oh, God, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> all Yakuza games kind of do that. Like you beat the hell out of them and kill them in in the combat scene, and then like they're still alive afterwards. But um, ah oh, man, I'm really eager to go back to it though. But it's just like Wild Arts came out at the same time, and and there's almost like too much to play right yeah, now. And then you're gonna I be, I touch, I you're gonna be playing. Are you gonna be playing Atomic Hearts next week? Yeah, is that that too? You know, like Atomic Heart looks pretty interesting. I'm a Bioshock fan, and it at least superficially looks similar to Bioshock. So um, I'm going to look at that. Um, Crooked G says, "Jez, weren't you playing Fables?" No, that was not me. That was my colleague Zachary Body. Uh, Zachary Body on Windows Central. Uh, they were playing a uh, Fable, and um, uh, they wrote an article about it. Well, I, ju- I just tweeted out their article, but um, but yeah, that's been my week. Um, I haven't really played much else. I haven't touched Hogwarts Legacy. Just mm. not my kind of. I don't care about the Harry Potter universe, so I can't really get into it. Yeah, you um, also told me that you think it's boring as shit. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, 
I was in the tutorial and I was like, I don't care about the story or the characters or hey, it the world. It happens. So I'm, and yeah, I, I think, I, does anyone else feel like this? That like, is Har- is it a good game, even if you don't like Harry Potter? Because at the moment, I kind of feel like you have to like Harry Potter to like it. I mean, I think no, you, I, like, I, you I, like Harry Potter, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I've read all the books and I've seen the movies and I am a fan of, you know, the source material and stuff. But I think you can still enjoy the game without really uh, knowing much about it. Now, the que- right. I think the question you had, you had posed on Twitter was, you know, because it seems to get good reviews. Clearly, it's also selling well. Do you think it's going to be up for a Game of the Year nomination at the Keeleys towards the end of the year? Well, it's hard to say, right? I think it'll probably be nominated um, because of how popular it's been. But at the end of the day, journalists are judging it. And, um, but journalists, journalists also don't, don't like it. Yeah, well, that's not true because they are also the ones rating it, and it's also rated pretty, mm. pretty, pretty high for the most part. I don't, I don't, hmm, yeah. So I don't know, man, because it's not, it's not just like it's not the reviewers who are on the judge panel necessarily. So it's it's a lot of the sort of editors and leadership, maybe. Yeah, look look how big this. So we had some European launch numbers well at least launch percentages that hogwarts legacy's first week digital sales in europe were 56 percent higher than elden ring which you know elden rings was like second best-selling game last year or third best-selling game depending on like if it's behind call of duty or or whatever the the thing about that right the thing about that i don't trust the i don't trust these 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 just physical sales no this is digital everything digital and physical well, you have to presume that a lot of there might be a disproportionate amount of people like buying this physically because it's they're gifting it, ain't they, to kids? Sure. So, I mean, but either way, you know, it is. But if it incorporates both, then yeah. Well, it says uh, if it was just physical. I would be suspect. It, it, it's it. enjoyed the biggest European launch outside of FIFA and Call of Duty series since October's 2018's Red Dead Redemption Two. So. Damn. Um, yeah, Hogwarts Legacy and Elden Ring are both fantasy games released during the same month of the year. Uh, Elden Ring obviously last February and went on to be one of 2022's best-selling games. So that's pretty impressive. Um, definitely going to be top three selling games of the year. Um, I finished it. I don't know if anybody saw my tweets. It is, uh, I finished Hogwarts Legacy, put about... It's weird because the save file says, because the save file t- keeps track, and the save file said 34 hours, and I ended up being level 35, and, which you, to actually get the ending, well, there's like two endings. There's the ending for like what happens with the story, right, which I guess there's, I didn't even really know, but I guess there's a good and bad ending. Um, I believe I got the good ending, but it really, it really comes down to like, literally a dialogue choice because this game otherwise doesn't really have a morality thing like so i so my save file says 33 hours 34 hours the xbox says 48 which i think is a little bit closer to the right number because i pretty much did almost everything you can do in the game i'm only missing like 10 side quests and the 10 side quests i'm missing are the treasure map ones where like you see a map and it's like you have to like kind of find the uh 
image on the map and the terrain and find something. It's like, I didn't really want to, I didn't really care to want to do those. Now, if this was achievement ran back in the day, I had a thousand, you get a thousand in this game, even though it would have taken a while for all the collections. Um, so I, even though my initial criticism, maybe the biggest criticism I have of the game is that at its core, it's a Ubisoft map game. Some people were like, how could you like it if you you say it's a Ubisoft map game? But I'm like, it's still a very enjoyable, very fun game. Because like the whole the whole Harry Potter theme holds it together. And the combat is outstanding where I never felt bored whatsoever. Sure, I might have been like, I don't really care to explore the lower reaches of the map. Because it's just there for you to do map icons. But I want to finish the story. I want to do all the you know side missions that are actually good. Because like any game, there are side quests that are fun, that are really interesting. And there are side quests that are just like stupid and they're just there as time wasters. I mean, go here, find this, come back, talk to the person type stuff. Um, there are relationship quests that you can do with other characters in the game that are actually really good, really well done. Especially the one with Sebastian. Um that uh, have some interesting, well, at least the Sebastian's one has like an interesting end. But when I mentioned the thing about morality, about this game having a good and bad ending, uh, it's interesting because the game otherwise doesn't have a morality system at all because you can invest in the dark arts. You can become a dark art wizard or, you know, a death eater, not a death eater, but like you can, you can use the killing curse and the torture curse, which in dialogue is always presented as this bad, very evil thing you can do. But there's no reason not to do it. Because it's not like anything changes. It's not like anybody looks at you differently. It's not like there's some morality system where like, uh-oh, you're becoming evil. You're you're pulling away from a good Gryffindor into a horrible evil wizard. Right? I mean, the whole game revolves around you killing a bunch of beasts and poachers and dark wizards anyways. So, like, when presented with this option of investing my talents into spells that can end fights quicker, you're damn right I'm going to do it. You're damn right. I don't know if anybody saw my video I posted of a fight with two trolls and a bunch of little goblins. And usually the trolls can be a pain in the ass to fight, especially if there are two of them. But all I had to do was... Use Crucio, upgraded, which when you use that attack, upgraded, it spreads out the curses to other enemies, and then use the killing curse, and if you upgrade that uh, spell, it kills all the cursed enemies on screen. So, I had to use two spells, and literally six people died instantly. And you're, like, it's presented like, oh man, the killing curse, it's so bad, but there's no, like... why not use it? It's not like it, there's a negative effect to it. The whole game's about killing enemies. <laughs> like, you kill enemies all game. It's like, why not use something that makes killing, yeah. killing better? It's, it's a, it sounds like the, the, there's a lost opportunity there. Because yeah, if you yeah. use the dark, the magic, isn't isn't there something in the movies where they're like, if you use these spells, you'll lose your soul or something? Not or am I, mean, I thinking of something else? You might be thinking of something else, but usually the good people don't use those type of spells and the bad people do. So technically, I'd be a bad person in this game world, but there's no, there's no, no consequences. So it's like, why not? Sounds use like it? a missed opportunity. Then. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they could do it for a potential sequel or another Hogwarts Legacy game where there is some sort of morality system 
to make it like, is it worth using these bad spells? But otherwise, yeah, I mean, even after 44 hours, even though the game still is a Ubisoft open world game to its core, uh, everything else surrounding it, like the, the story, the whole like Harry Potter experience, and especially the combat really just elevated it to the point where it was like, I think this game's good. I'd probably give it an eight and a half, maybe an eight. Um, I mean, I, I played 45 hours in a week, essentially. So I, I enjoyed myself. There are things they can do to make it better for the sequel. You know, Quidditch, more, Quidditch you could do Quidditch. That would definitely be something morality system, um, you know, better, better side content. Right. I mean, there are some interesting side missions here, but for the most part, the side content is just time wasters and just like mm-hmm. less mappy icons, at least at least uh, camouflage them a little bit better. But I, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. I, I don't know where it would even the thing is, like thinking about it now, this might be in my top 10 for the year, potentially even top five, defending how other themes shape out like. Even right now, I would say I enjoy Dead Space and Hi-Fi Rush more. Like, if I were to rank uh, Hogwarts right now compared to the other games, I I enjoyed Hi-Fi Rush more, and I think I enjoyed Dead Space more, but, I mean, I don't know if Dead Space is really... It's like, of course I was going to enjoy Dead Space because I love the original, so it's like, if you're just looking for original games, it would be Hi-Fi Rush and, and Hogwarts Legacy, but... It really surprised me, and I'm I'm really happy I played it. Uh, I'm really happy my game share partner decided to get it on a Monday instead of waiting until Friday, so I could experience it all week and talk about it on the show. So yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really happy with Hogwarts Legacy, and I'm they I would imagine they would have to make a sequel with how big this one is, um, whether how five years from now or not necessarily a sequel but something else. I definitely would be down day one for it because this was a Considering the studio and their pedigree, and if you look at what they've done in the past, like, oh, we did the Cars games, Disney Infinity, like, stuff that is super small, not what you would consider AAA, and this is their first foray into a game this big, this huge, with a lot of different moving parts, like the Remoomum requirement and the Pokemon Beast game, and all that sort of stuff, like, I think they, I think they, they nailed it for the most part. And I'd be oh. very interested in seeing where they go for for their next for their next game. So yeah, um, let me get some of these uh, super chats, uh, Jez, and then uh, we. I'm sure I'm sure some of these will definitely have some interesting uh, discussion topics. We have uh, let's see, we got <laughs> what's today the 17th. Indeed, it is. We have one from Sith Lord. In 18 weeks, LSD will be closed. Uh, for a month when NASCAR comes to the 4th of July weekend. Wondering if that will affect you, Rand. Great show, guys. Lakeshore Drive will be closed, huh? For a month when NASCAR comes to town. Nah, it won't affect me. I don't really go downtown much. And honestly, the last time I actually had to drive on Lakeshore Drive was... For any... Like, for work was back in, like, 2006. I had to go all the way up to the north side. So every day I would basically take... LSD all the way. I think I, I think I was doing some work at the Paul University, or like one of the Paul satellite things. Oh, is that um working with Butts Electric? That was when I was working with Butts Electric. Indeed, I want to yeah. say it was the Paul University, or maybe not like the the campus. Maybe it was no. 
Mm, it was up on the north side. I know that. I want in my mind. I think it's DePaul, but yeah, waking up every day at like four thirty in the morning. I'm out of the house at like by by five thirty, so you could you know essentially be there, you know by by like six. 6:15. What time did we start? We started really early too cuz we were out by 2. But yeah, I won't that won't that won't affect me any. Um Kill 9 says all these games I'm going to get sucked back into Destiny again here in a week and a half. Also, World of Warcraft is great. Don't let Rand bully you, Jez. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like bully. it seems like he loves these type of games. He's talking about Destiny and then World of Warcraft how great it is. Yes, the Destiny gets its expansion Lightfall next week. I believe you're gonna play. Uh, gonna am play? I gonna play? No, of course not. I I haven't played. De- I did play Destiny two. I got back into it a little bit. I was playing with Lord Cognito and Gaming Forte around the time Beyond Light came out. They were just shir- sherper sherper. What's a sherpa sherpering me through the content? Shepherding, shepherding, shepherding. Well, like a, like they're like a sherpa, you know. Um, well, up a mountain. That we we've established this. Destiny has no mountains. Uh, that is true. They don't. <laughs> Even though they said you could go there, you definitely could not go oh, there. Man. That's a classic joke. That is. <laughs> yeah, classic. So, um, I don't think I'll ever be playing Destiny again. Yeah, I will say the trailers for Lightfall make it look pretty damn cool, but I'm not interested in in, in going any further in that. I'll let I'll let Cognito and Forte and all those guys I'll let them you know constantly play it. Uh, we got Nick Marseille. <laughs> he has a super chat here. He says, "Where is Jim Ryan flying today?" It's a good question. It's a good question. We need oh, we need Xbox question. fans. Xbox fans, look to the sky, track Jim <laughs> Ryan's fr- private plane, find out where he's up to uh, today. You know, you you posted something on Twitter, Jazz. I thought was interesting. You said, "What if all the recent UFO sightings that the government's been shooting down the, these things? What if they're just sightings of of Jim Ryan flying around to different regulators?" <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Sony's lawyers flying around in the hypersonic jets or something. Yeah. I don't know. Or, or, uh, or so what, there's funny. been like, there's it's been like five of those. What if what if those five were just basically the number of people that were going to buy PSVR two for six hundred bucks? <laughs> well, hey, they're, Nick. The only pe- hey, they're, Nick. The only, they're the only people who can afford it. <laughs> the people who own the private jets. Yeah, only people that can oh, afford the man. private jets. Are going to be the getting the ones who get know that PSVR two and and that yeah. what is it the uh, they call it the uh, the New Horizon game called the Mountain basically a mountain climbing simulator or something I don't oh, know wow. at, least, at least one game of the mountains yeah but uh, did you did you speak in a VR did you see that Tencent uh, shut down its own VR headset they were making because of lack of interest in the metaverse yeah now? yeah I did see Tencent shut that down which means. They feel there's no way to make money in that, which is super interesting, right? Yeah, super interesting and super, super accurate. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we have but Achievement saying, I've been trying to kill this S23 Ultra battery for two days. Looks like the podcast is going to be a thing that does it. Jez, how do you like it? Yeah, S23 Ultra is just, it's just ultra. It's sick. Like, the night and day battery life for me. I've been, you know, I've been on a Galaxy Fold for... Two years now, and obviously there's some battery degradation after a couple of years, but it got really bad. And I suppose, like, because it's got a bigger screen, using more battery, makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But the S23 Ultra, the battery is just monstrous. It feels like um, it feels like having my old Lumia 1520 again. Just a crazy battery life. Um, 
camera's sick. It's just a great phone, but it's boring. You know, I think phones are boring now. There was there was a time where it was like, oh yeah, new phone. Oh my god, it's so much better than the last one. But it's nowadays it's always like a eh, little little tiny upgrades, you know, here and there. But um, yeah, I'll probably stick with this phone for a good long while. I think um, not really bother upgrading anything else. But I kind of feel like the the fold the folding phone dream is. I don't know. I'm bored of it. I right. just don't think it's going to be a thing now. Yeah. yeah, probably not. Man, you probably guys not. talking about how long this this battery lasts makes me want to like get rid of my my iPhone and get something that lasts longer. Uh, I don't really care. Yeah, get, get, get an S23, man. Get, maybe the, maybe the I will. Maybe, maybe I'll switch back to Android because I already went from I went from Windows Phone, and then I I went to I went from. What did I go? Did I go from I went from Android I went to Windows Phone to Android to iOS and now I'm thinking about going back to Android. I just don't care about the that whole stuff. People are like, You can't leave. What about iOS Messenger? I'm like, who gives a shit about iOS Messenger? I don't care. Dude, like like literally nobody in Europe uses that. iMessage or whatever it's called. Nobody yeah. uses it. Everyone uses WhatsApp. I've never, I've never even used it, and probably never will use it. Nobody uses SMS here either. Like mm. SMS, that's just for receiving two-step verification codes from PayPal or something. Yeah, you, yeah, essentially, or, or right? Yeah. Uh, Jake says, "Happy Friday, gents! Just finished my second week at my new job and can't wait to listen to the podcast and wish you and Jez the best." Well, thank you, and I hope you're having a rock and roll, baby. You know, a great week, and hopefully, your new job is going extremely well. Uh, our buddy Sin Vendetta says, Hey, Randy Jess, hope you guys have a great weekend. I've been playing nothing but Hogwarts Legacy, and it's so much fun to play. I'm having a blast exploring the world and uncovering all its secrets. I will go for the 100%. Well, you're a better, than, man, better man than me, Sin, because once I saw that you had to basically get all the collections to 100%, I was like, I'm done. Uh, I am not doing finding all the uh what is it all the field pages and doing everything in the collections and getting to level 40 that was the other thing i didn't mention is there's i mentioned there's two endings there's the ending where you could get good or bad depending on the choice you make at the end and then there's the ending that actually runs the credits 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 uh where you have to be level 34 to finish you have to like and, and luckily, I was already level 35 when I beat the game, so immediately the extra quest started up, and I could see the ending. But if somebody was, you know, just going through the main story or not doing as many side quests and all these sort of things that I was doing, because I was doing a lot, they could essentially finish the game level 28, level 29, maybe even less. And then it's like, you can't even really see the true ending until you hit level 34. So... Hmm. I guess that, I mean, I guess that sort of makes you experience a lot of the game has to offer because, like I said, you can only get up to level forty. Like that's where you stop earning XP and all those sort of things. So, and even with me doing almost everything, outside of maybe ten side quests, um, and and obviously still having some of the collection left to do, I got all the way up to thirty five. So thirty four is pretty up there. Thirty four, thirty four is quite a bit. And I, I can't imagine most people when they finish the game being level 34. So they would be denied the actual credit sequence and the end cutscene and all those sort of things. So, um, we have Outbreak Gamers. What's up, buddy? He says, Rand and Jez, have a guess. When is the Starfield show? We'll be talking about Starfield in just a minute. Thank you for reminding um, me. Yes, Jez? During the show, uh, supposedly, 
a leaked still taken with a photograph uh, camera off screen leaked of a cinematic trailer for Starfield. What? Uh, a few minutes ago. Yeah, really? Is it is this breaking news? Are you writing this up for Windows Central? No, it looks blurry. So it's one of those typical off-screen, angled, can't really tell, and people are like yeah. thinking it's legit. It looks, Why does it always I happen? How, how, I think it might be legit. You think it might be legit? Yeah, mm. it looks, looks quite fairly possible to be legit. But if that is the real deal, I would say that it's probably going to be sooner rather than later, I would think. But we'll talk about it a little bit more. We'll talk about it probably just after we're done with this. Uh, Crow MKI says, hi guys, with Rumbleverse coming to an end, that makes two games in a row that haven't really gone on Galaxy's way. Think they'd be interested in a Killer Instinct sequel? Would Xbox be interested? I guess that is the question, isn't it? Is this idea of, okay, we have Killer Instinct, we want to do it again, I mean, they've talked about it, but there really isn't a champion within Microsoft that really is pushing for it, right? You had Double Helix do it, but they got bought out by Amazon. And you bring an Iron Galaxy to sort of finish it off. Do seasons two, three, and four. I think they did four seasons, right? At least two and three. Um, but then Iron Galaxy's like, hey, we wanted to make our own thing, right? Because you can make your own money, bigger money, by making your own IP, which is what they did with Rumbleverse. They partnered with Epic. And I don't know, Jazz, if you read the blog post by Iron Galaxy, it really seems like, it really seems like they don't agree with taking Rumbleverse down. Like that seemed to be yeah. an epic decision. Like Epic's yeah. like, we're burning way too much of money here and, and keeping these servers up and having these bots playing these games for the low amount of humans that are playing it that aren't spending any money on these cosmetics. So we're shutting it down. And it really felt like Iron Galaxy was like, that's, you know, really against that decision. So now everybody's like, well, since Rumbleverse died, that means they're free to do Killer Instinct, right? But is it really as simple as that? Well, now it's like they don't have anything to do. Well, at least we think they don't have anything to do. And Microsoft wants to do Killer Instinct. Well, then this should they should immediately come together and make a Killer Instinct, yes? You would think so. You would think so. But maybe they don't want to do it. Maybe they want to work on something that they can own forever. Or I don't know. I want to hope that could be a thing that would happen, but, you know, nice things don't happen, Grand. It's only yes. pain and misery these Only days. pain and misery? Is that yeah, because you're worried about Blizzard getting divested from Activision Blizzard and me laughing ah. in your face when it does happen? Ah, man. Oh, you know how much I would hot, love man. that. That'd After all really this talk, mean. you know, Call of Duty's multi-platform for 10 years and Jess is like, I don't even care because Blizzard's coming home, baby. And then, like, uh-oh, Blizzard's getting divested. Dude, I would that, laugh that could, that could... so hard at you, Jez. I would laugh so hard. I would. So, Sony, uh, Xbox could literally make Call of Duty exclusive to PlayStation for all I care. They could, <laughs> they could, they could buy Activision Blizzard and then just give Call of Duty permanently exclusive for free to PlayStation and make it free for PlayStation owners to play. I wouldn't give a shit as long as I got Blizzard out of it. Alas, alas, it looks like Microsoft might sacrifice Blizzard. Ah, just rumors. Just rumors. rumors. Oh, they might do this. It's like, does the regulators even care about Blizzard in that way? Either way. No. I just, I was laughing at Jez. We were discussing that in DMs, and I'm just like, if this happens, I'm going to laugh at you. And he's like, shut up. 
I won't be. I won't even be an Xbox fan if that happened. Yeah, I swear. If they do that, I'm out. I'm yeah, out, bro. Jez, PC, Jez ma- that PC that, Master Race. Just keep this in mind, guys. Jez literally has just said that if Xbox has to divest <laughs> Blizzard, he's done being an Xbox done. fan. He's done. I'm done. I'm that done. Means, with, I'm done with Xbox. So that means like if they if they if they <laughs> sacrifice Blizzard for Candy Crush, uh-huh. I'm out. Do I'm it. Out. Do it. I'm out. I, I, if Xbox, if you're listening, if you're listening to this, if you if you get rid of Blizzard for Candy Crush, I'm done. I'm gone, baby. I'll become full blown. I'll become one of those really insufferable PC Master Race people. I will even rand. This is how far I'll go, man. Okay. I will even install Linux. Mm. I will install a- a- Linux. Xbox, if you're will- listening, Phil, if you're listening and you're hearing this from Jazz. <laughs> I'll double down harder on being an Xbox fan if you divest Blizzard. Oh. You like you like one of those um those guys who said for for every for every vegan I'm gonna eat two steaks. Yeah. It's like, oh man, but, if if you can make version. if you can make Jazz's life more miserable by defesting Blizzard, you might lose him, even though you won't, because what is he gonna do for his job? He, d- he runs a, a co host an Xbox I- podcast and writes Xbox articles on Windows Central, Mm-mm. but he's gonna be PC Master Race. Uh, I will. I will. We're, win- we're Windows Central, man. We're uh-huh. not Xbox Central. Yeah, we, screw, you might as well Xbox be. You that. might as well be Xbox Central. Yeah, screw that, man. And I'll join. I'll join. Um, I'll join Sacred Symbols, man. Sacred I'll, I'll Symbols. Just, <laughs> yeah, I'll just. I'll just. I'll become a PlayStation fan. No, boy. you won't. Right you can't even finish. You, you can't I even will, finish I'll, PlayStation games. There's too much dialogue and cutscenes for you. No, no. I'll become a PlayStation fanboy. Swear down. Mm. I'll play. I'll play exclusively on Linux, PlayStation, Stadia. Oh wait, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I'll play on Nintendo Switch. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, please let it happen. Let it happen. I, but what if what if they divested COD, man? I don't wouldn't care. What do I care if they divested COD for? I only played. I, I only played the COD campaign. I, I I couldn't care less. They should. They should sell COD to Nintendo. They should. So they should. Um, what else we got here? Juan uh, uh, says, love the world and gameplay, but the story was kind of meh, is his opinion. A morality system and having consequences for your choices would definitely need it. I do agree with that for sure. Uh, Joaquin, he says, hey, pretty boys, if you could choose one third-party game to hit Game Pass this year, which would you choose? Also, rant, admit First Law is better than Mistborn. No, I'm not going to miss admit first law is better than Mistborn because they're two totally di- different types of fantasy books. Uh, I will say though, I think Joe Ambercombe writes characters better and dialogue better, but uh, I think Brandon Sanderson writes worlds better and magic better. And some of Brandon's stories and plots are way more interesting than most of the stuff that happens in first law. Um, so one, one third party game to enter game pass jazz. This year, what would it be for you? Hmm. I already know it's Diablo. There you go, boom, done. Well, it won't be Diablo because Diablo. it'll be first party. Diablo will be first party. Well, I mean, I'm just well. Right now, it's third party. So if there could, be, he said, if there could be any, so like it'd be Diablo going Game Pass. Come on, you already. If it's if it yeah Diablo, Diablo Diablo. I was I've been calling it Diablo since I was a little kid, man. I guess for what? me. Diablo. Um, it'd be one, it'd be something I was want, really wanting to play. So I'd save myself some cash. So that'd be either like Jedi Fallen Survivor. Cause that's ooh, my number one. Ooh, most inti- ooh, Rand, 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 Rand. I got news about Jedi Fallen Survivor. You do? Yes. 
Okay. It's got dismemberment. I did see some articles. Par- can, partial human dismemberment you, or something. You can cut people up. Good. I mean, because that's what a lightsaber is supposed to do, right? I always thought it was so weird in the first game where it's like, you, you, you stick a lightsaber through a dude and he's just like, no, just nothing. But now, yeah, you can cut people's arms and legs off. That's sick. That's pretty good. And heads. Yeah, game of the year. Confirmed. Yeah, and I need I, to finish the original. Well, <laughs> another game I Another game among the oh. pile of other games that you've never finished. Uh, what's your thought on it? Dude, I had like five hours of meetings today. Five Jeez. hours of meetings. About what? It, I, Just random stuff. Audience meeting, some other meeting. I can't even remember what they were for. But this is, what, this is what happens when you're at a managerial level, apparently. You just have meetings and you don't do any work. <laughs> I guess so. I guess I guess, I guess guess that is the case. I guess I know it would be that or like Alan Wake 2, another game. Probably be my second most anticipated. Well, one of the games I definitely would be buying that now I wouldn't have to and I could save that money because I can play it on Game Pass. Mm. Um, Nintendo, Nintendon the Otaku says, who had the more surprising glow up, Avalanche or Tango? Hmm. Now that is an interesting question. Uh, wait, wait, what? Glow up? Tango? Glow up. What are you talking about? What, what the Evil Within... Is a masterpiece. You don't glow up from the Evil Within. Well, you do when you glow. make Hi-Fi Rush. Nah, Evil I would, still I would say, I would say Avalanche Rush. probably because considering the type of games they made before and then this, whereas Jez is right, Tango was already making pretty good, you know, triple A survival horror games. Where Avalanche really wasn't making any sort of triple A experience. Um. So yeah, I'd probably say Avalanche. Yeah, for sure. Tang- Tango's sick. People, put, people need to put some respect on the Evil Within's name, please. Uh, that is one game I have finished, mm-hmm. Rand. Okay. Uh, what else we got here? Rare, achievement a, that says... You know, it's uh, a rare achievement. It's a rare achievement to finish the Evil Within, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's on Game Pass. A lot of, a lot of games that are on Game Pass are rare if you actually finish them because of how many people start them and, and then don't finish them. Oh, dude, dude, dude. I think this was before it was on Game Pass. Oh, well, that I, then yeah. That I, I got that achievement. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Achievement says S23 Ultra can do hardware-based ray tracing. And Purple Haze says do you think Microsoft will probably do an exclusive deal with Warner Brothers to make one of their IPs exclusive to Xbox like Sony and Spider-Man and Wolverine? Nah. I get that question a lot. Um, nah. I doubt it. It'd be it'd be yeah. really cool because more games are great. Um, but Microsoft, Microsoft doesn't do those kind of deals. Sadly, we just seem to that just seems to be seems to be the way it works. Yeah, we we'd seen reports that Mike Marvel went to Xbox to talk about doing exclusive games, and Xbox basically turned them down and said they wanted to focus on their own stuff. So they went to Sony, and Sony was like, absolutely, exclusive Spider-Man game? All right, let, we'll get Insomniac to work on that. Um, so I would imagine, some, yeah, just I think Xbox wants to own the stuff they make. They don't want to license anything. Yeah. And that's the problem with Warner Brothers, is like, you're never going to own the IPs. So it's like, what would you make exclusive, Wonder Woman or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So I I, yeah, I, I just what, what what would you what would you make exclusive? I don't know. I, uh, D, DC just doesn't really have 
anything as compelling that would translate well to video games. I often think about things like, you know, and Spawn isn't DC, is it? I don't think. No. Spawn isn't, mm, I'm not sure but, what that uh, is, actually. It's, it's Todd, Todd, Todd McFarlane. Yes, he Todd McFarlane does, does that, yeah. Like that. Um, but I'd love to see a Spawn game, but it'd have to be like mature rating, and then you kind of lose a large chunk of the audience, and Microsoft doesn't like mature rated games, you know. So... It's not. It's nice to think about what could be, but I don't think Microsoft. Microsoft has this sort of weird blocker when it comes to understanding human culture. I think sometimes. Hmm. But, I don't know. Uh, Spawn, Spawn would be so sick. Flame member for twenty months says, "Hey, howdy, gents. It seems like the honest to gymnast hoof hoof haters are coming out of the woodwork to bring Xbox down to the Xbox One level again." Thoughts? But there definitely has been a lot of um. Xbox is dooming lately, uh, mainly centered around the idea of uh, because of how well PlayStation is doing, been doing as of late, uh, and that PlayStation doing well means Xbox isn't doing well, um, and a lot of a lot of opinions about Game Pass because of what was revealed. So there definitely seems to be a lot of this um, talk surrounding the platform and its health moving forward like oh my god is it sustainable are they gonna have to backtrack on game pass how long before they stop you know making systems because they can't sell them and you know all this sort of stuff it is it is interesting to sort of see um we'll talk a little bit about some of that stuff later let me look through the chat here to see if there's any more member chats because I know. I think I missed some of them. We have one here from Dub. So it says, if, so if COD gets divested, does that mean all the teams that work on COD will be divested with it? So Toys for Bob, as example, how would that work? Um, well, they'd have, to, like, they'd have to take it all the way back to shareholders. It'd be a big mess, wouldn't it? I would have thought. I guess it all depends on whatever deal they would make with whatever company would be buying the Call of Duty IP. What would you package in with the sale? Um, or like, there's also the possibility like Xbox could keep the studios and then a third party could license call of duty from them. So then it would like, for this example, you have the studio, you have all the studios from Activision. They all work on call of duty, right? Xbox keeps those studios, but they can't publish call of duty. So in this scenario, let's just say EA, say there's a bidding war on the call of duty rights. And let's just say EA wins them. So then EA publishes Call of Duty. So Xbox keeps the studios making it. And EA essentially buys the IP. But then licenses or at least then contracts the the Call of Duty studios that Xbox owns to make the game. And they can release it. Maybe that's a scenario uh, that's possible. Kind of like how uh, Embracer owns Crystal Dynamics but is making Tomb Raider, but Amazon is publishing Tomb Raider or how they're also making Perfect Dark, but Xbox is publishing Perfect Dark. Kind of like something like that. Or you could look at it like if that was the case and they had to divest COD and sell it to somebody that they would probably, you know, have to sell the studios with it because COD is useless without the people that make the game that are set up currently to make the game. Uh, and that are set up to make it every year or every other year with all the support studios that they have. 
And I don't think any third-party publisher would be equipped to buy the IP and then build up new studios or transform existing studios into Call of Duty studios. So some of your initial investment would be wasted because you wouldn't be able to get out a, a game in, on time. And in that time frame, while you're trying to, you know, build a new studio or new studios or transform an old an existing studio into Call of Duty studio, somebody might come in with a, a competing product and do better. So, you know, if I'm Amazon or EA or somebody, and of course, this is all just a hypothetical scenario because nobody knows if this is going to happen. I mean, the deal could go could go through stunning everybody because a lot of a lot of people out there think the deal's dead in the water. They think ABK, oh. they think the deal's dead. They think Xbox is going to have to divest Call of Duty or Activision or Activision and Blizzard, right? The only thing <laughs> be funny. The only thing Xbox gets out of this is King. Oh, wouldn't that be something? Hey, Xbox fans, guess what? The only thing we got is is mobile games, which none of you care about. Yay! What a win for Xbox and Xbox fans. We got King, and we had to sell off the other two parts of it. We had to waste a year and a half of everybody's time and our money so we can only get King. Couldn't, wouldn't that be something? Yep. Um, it, it'd be it'd be something bad for sure. <laughs> it'd be something funny. That'd be that'd be damn sure. But not something not the laugh, not the laughing kind of funny, but something yeah, funny. I mean, what 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 does King even have? Be uh, wow, they own King.com. I mean, that's that's an asset right there, bro. <laughs> They own Candy Crush Saga, Saga, Candy Crush Soda, Soda? Farm Heroes, Saga, Pet Rescue Saga, Candy Crush Jelly Saga, Bubble Witch Saga. What? What is all this shit, man? <laughs> what the these games are? Oh, these are all just like knockoffs of existing games. So Bubble Witch is basically that really old school bubble blast Japanese arcade game. Man, even make that many games. King sucks, man. King sucks. What, are they seriously going to... Oh, man. I'm just... Bro, just calm down. The, it, it's okay. The, the, the... It's Calm down. Blizzard hasn't been divested yet, Jez. It's okay. <sighs> it's okay. Calm down. It, it'll it'll be all right, my guy. It'll be it'll be good. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, man. If, if, they, if they... Bro, if we only end up with King out of this, <laughs> bro. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> Linux, PlayStation. I'm done, bro. <sighs> I am done. Jez, we'll, we'll be re... We'll be renaming the podcast, bro. To, to what? Linux. What were the the, the what, Linux, Linux two, Steambox two? Yeah, we're we renaming we're, we're, the podcast to the 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 PlayStation two. Yeah, the PlayStation two or the or the Linux the Linux. Jez, podcast, Jez will invest in a PSVR two. You hear me, Microsoft? You I will literally buy if they divest Blizzard. I will literally buy a PSVR. I will literally do that. <laughs> I won't even use it. I'll just buy one. I'll just, just buy, buy one, one and put it in the drawer. Yeah. Just buy I'll one. Just just... Buy one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a symbol of my pain. A symbol. Symbol of my pain, bro. Um, um we have we have a member chat here oh, from Highlander. Oh, um oh, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before 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 with that. There's breaking news rant. More breaking news. So not, what was the breaking news earlier that we had? Or was uh, there any? I Starfield. Starfield. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Starfield thing you talked about. Okay, okay. What's this? What's Bethesda, the breaking news now? Bethesda has confirmed that there is a physical disc oh, in the box of Red. Yeah, we, that was going to be the next topic we would hit. So let me just get this uh, super chat out, or super chat, member chat out of the way. Highlander, thank oh. you for being a member for six months. He says, I had to get... Two Series S's, one for my wife and my daughter, and each copy of Hogwarts, so just so I can play mine on the Series X. Hmm. Okay. 
So I think I'm all caught up to everything. Uh, if you guys can do us a huge favor, make sure you uh, hit that like button. Please hit the like button. Subscribe if you're new. I'd really appreciate it. Share this out. Let people know we're live. And, I mean, Jez sort of mentioned it. First topic, or, I mean, we already did what we're playing. So, like, Redfall, right? I had Redfall written down here as a topic. Um, a lot of controversy surrounding Redfall. Like, the whole, it's online only, Rich. We talked about maybe a couple weeks ago in a podcast, right? We were just like, okay. It doesn't affect me because I don't care. And I don't play games unless I'm online anyways. I just didn't understand the necessity for Redfall to be online, right? This isn't World of Warcraft or Destiny, in my opinion. You know, games like Borderlands 3 with do loot, they aren't online. So I just questioned the necessity for Redfall to be online only. It didn't make any sense to me. They haven't explained why. Are they using some sort of cloud power jure to do something with the NPCs and it needs to be online? Or at least, is there some reason, some excuse they could give to be like, yep, this is why we need always online. That people would be like, okay, whatever, fine. But no, haven't heard anything. Just that it's always online. And then it came out earlier today. Um, I forget even where it came out. It was maybe like a, a Q&A on their thing, uh, on their website. Oh, on the Bethesda support site that said, The physical Xbox copies of Redfall are Xbox Play Anywhere codes, which can be played on both the Xbox Series X and S and the Microsoft Xbox app on PC. Which got people thinking that there's no disc in the case, right? Um, And obviously, there's a lot of people that are still like, well, what what the half, right? What the fuck? Like, how could you not put a disc in the case? Is this just the reintroduction of 20, 2013 Microsoft DRM where they tried to make physical and digital and you're gonna everybody losing their rights? Uh, Microsoft lying about you know physical game preservation and all this sort of stuff. And then like GameFly, I saw GameFly came out and said, "No, we're still renting the game." And I'm like, "Well, GameFly can only rent the game if there's an actual disc to actually rent. Uh, you know, like they're not sending out codes." So that at least told me that there's going to be a disc available. Now, it may not be the whole game on the disc. Remember, like, Halo Infinite was just really a download installer? Like, you had to actually download the game from the disc. Like, you had to download the game. You couldn't play Halo Infinite from the disc. And I sort of wonder if that is going to be the scenario here, like uh, Tim Parr 21 says in the chat. The question is the game on the disc. I wonder, mm. Yeah, I wonder if that's the thing, where if this will be like Halo, where... You need to... The disc is just essentially your... A, License. A, a download installer, and it just you just download the game. So what was... The, so did Microsoft come out and actually was, address um, this? Yeah, it was Bethesda Support who came out and addressed it. I'll read exactly what they said in okay. a second. Bear with me. Um, <clears throat> i just dealing with some more oh, embargoed work things. Uh, oh, you found it. Okay. Um, it well, says, I can, I can read it. there was unclear Redfall information shared on Bethesda cu- customer support frequently asked questions regarding Redfall. It has since been corrected. The physical retail version of the Redfall Xbox Standard Edition does come with the Blu-ray disc. The bikeback upgrade can be purchased separately. Within the bikeback upgrade, you will find a code that grants you the bikeback upgrade in game menus. Owners of the Xbox physical version of Redfall who wish to buy the buyback upgrade can do so either digitally or participating retailers. The physical retail version of the PC version does not come with the disc of the game. 
and the Xbox Standard Edition is the only SKU that provides players with a physical disc of the game. So I guess the Bite Back Edition doesn't come with the game. It just comes with the codes. But the Standard Edition of the game, which seems to be a a thing lately where like the most expensive version doesn't come with the game itself. It just comes with codes or whatever. Uh, But the Standard Edition of the game... Uh, does come with a physical disc for the game, but you know whether or not that actually has the full <clears> game <throat> on it, you still have to download it. Is anybody's question or anybody's guess at yeah. this point? So there, you, there you have it. That is straight from Bethesda. I'm gonna go to their website to see if there's actually any more information. No, they basically tweeted out all the information. So what do you think, Jez? What do, what do you uh, think about this? It doesn't bother me personally. I know there's a crowd that's like they, they prefer discs, and there's a game preservation crowd. But at the end of the day, this is a live service game. You know, it's the what pertains to game preservation for Redfall will be, you know, a hacked version that can you know have dead private servers or something. Kind of like um for for years, World of Warcraft Classic was run on pirated servers. Um, from people who wanted the classic WoW experience, and then eventually Blizzard was like, "Okay, well, we'll release our own version of WoW Classic," you know. But <clears throat> this talking like eighteen years ago, you know, content from eighteen years ago, people bringing back via pirate servers doesn't bother me at all. I personally don't care, you know. Um, so it's hard for me to get super passionate about it. Since, uh, as I'm someone who I stopped buying physical discs in the 360 gen, you know. Because like they they first started doing direct to digital in the 360 gen, and increasingly I was like, well, I'll just buy this off my Xbox. I'll just buy this off my Xbox. And you know, there there is this sort of mentality where it's like, well, what if they shut down the servers? You lose access to your content. Then it's like, well, they shut down the servers. I mean, Redfall's not going to work anyway because it's a service game. <laughs> so yeah, I I'm just kind of over it. And I think like it's kind of the way it's worked on PC since forever. You know. When's the last time you installed a PC game off the disc? When's the last time you even bought a PC game on a disc? No one complains about Steam being the vehicle for where you get PC games from. So I, I don't I don't get the pushback, frankly. Especially like often you'll see you'll see like you'll see like concern trolling from people who are also primarily PC gamers as well. Which just it's just really strange and interesting to me. Like, hang on a sec, aren't you a PC Master Race person? Don't you buy your games on Steam anyway, which have no discs? I, I don't get it. But yeah, I don't know how you feel about it because I'm pretty sure you're pretty much all digital as well, right? Yeah, my last my last physical game I bought was <sighs> in tw- 2014 when Titanfall came out. It was the last physical game I bought. Ever since then, everything's been digital. I mean, I do use the game share system, which is all digital as well, which, I mean, I love game share. So it's like, why not? You know, I don't know. I, I just, I never really was that much of a physical like hoarder anyways. I would buy the ones I wanted to keep. And then when the new generation started, I would just sell those games. Um, I like digital, uh, physical. I don't think, look, I always kind of just joke around about physical dying. Um, I think there's obviously a place for physical media. Cause I don't think you'll ever get to a scenario where like a hundred percent or 90% you know, have digital. I think there's always a place for people who want, uh, the discs. And that is, you know, a a good, uh, there is a good market there, right? Even, I think we even seen like, what is it like companies are, uh, 
think like digital games are like 70% of the market. So that means like physical is 30% or, or something along those lines. I mean, 30% oh. is still pretty high. Now, maybe yeah. 10 years from now, that number is a little bit less. Um, I just know like you look at it, both both Sony and Microsoft put out digital only machines this gen when like Microsoft was crucified for trying to bring some sort of physical ownerships to digital games or like digital ownership to digital benefits to physical games, you know, 24 hour check in and all that stuff, which is absurd, but they were at least like, Hey, here's this physical disc. And once you put it in the system, it's a digital game and you can, don't need the disc anymore. Right. But you need to check in every 24 hours because you could get rid of it and give it to somebody else. Like some of that was a little bit convoluted, but the, I, I, I like the idea of like a physical game, like essentially becoming a digital game. It's just that I don't like the idea of like the console always having to like have to be connected, even though, like I mentioned before, like I'm always connected. So it does sound like I'm being a little bit hypocritical. Um, but well, like, someone, someone in chat said that like, well, at least steam has an offline mode. Yeah. An offline so mode. does Xbox. So does Xbox. You know, if you've got your Xbox set to your home console, you can play offline games offline. Sure. Without doing if you're not game sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's the thing is most people are game sharing. Well, yeah. I don't even know if most most people, Jazz, really most, most people. I don't think well, so. Well, a lot, a lot of people who participate in the discourse around it probably sure, are Sure, sure. There's probably a lot of people that do game share. I would imagine the vast majority do not because they don't even know about it. Honestly, yeah, the norm normies don't. Sure, but I think like people in the hardcore community who are, who are arguing about it, a lot of them probably do game share, and a, pro- a lot of them probably don't realize that Xbox does have an offline mode if you don't game share, you know, which is you know to be expected. Um, but Redfall is an online game; it uses online servers, presumably dedicated servers, as a result of the fact that it has an open world. You know, if you do peer to peer. If you do peer-to-peer with an open-world game, you end up with tethering, like Halo Infinite. You end up with tethering, like State of Decay, you know. So, like, this is like a trade-off of having an online game. You could argue that maybe they should have is it made though? it because so... Because Gotham Knights is co-op and there's no tethering. That's a pretty big open world. Yeah, I mean, it depends how the game's structured at the end of the day. Like, Grounded, Grounded's peer-to-peer as well. It doesn't have tethering, but uh, some games it feels like, depending on how they're structured, needs to do it. Need to do it that way. And I don't know. I don't know how or what it is because I'm not a dev. But at the end of the day, it seems like it's been some kind of engineering decision to have it this way. It's not like they're trying to nickel and dime people somehow because it's not cheap to run dedicated servers. You know, so clearly there's there's there is a reason. They've opted to make it this way, well, and it's uh, not to rip people off. You know, it's there's something there's something well, about it that requires online service. Well, they should probably come out and tell tell people what that reason is. Well, they won't do it because it's game. These are game developers we're talking about. Sure, there's just no. There's I just no I sort of feel transparency. like. Oh, hang on, hang on. People are correcting me that Halo is dedicated servers for co-op instances. Well, fair enough. I didn't know that because I don't. Mm, I don't it's because your hate, your, your hate for Halo is clouding your judgment. Yeah, but you know, I'm just saying. There's, there's, there's. But Halo is also always online as well. You know, so there's, there's, there's a reason for why they've chosen to do it this way, and it's not, it's not to give people a bad experience. 
I think people just are just kind of like, well, why can't, if I'm planning to play Redfall solo, which a lot of people will be because it's still an arcane game and they've said, yeah, you can play it solo. I'll probably be playing it solo. It's kind of like, why don't you offer an offline mode? You know, like grounded, you can play grounded solo offline with a local server or you can play it online with a cloud server very cool sort of way they've done it with grounded you know that you can sync your cloud server to your mates over xbox live i think that's a really cool implementation and um minecraft is similar like you can have an offline minecraft world you can have a cloud-based minecraft world you can choose you can choose you know having the choice would be a better thing but you know again that's when you're adding those kind of choices it creates engineering overheads blah blah blah, blah, blah. we need to see what the trade-offs are first i think like there's a lot of there's a lot of like expectation that somehow this is going to be a bad thing. And maybe it will be a bad thing. But I'm kind of like, let's give them the benefit of the doubt first and find out if it's actually a good game. You know, see if it's worth, like if, if the implementation they've opted for is actually worthwhile or necessary or if it'll even be a big deal. Yeah, but that doesn't well, help. But that doesn't help my outrage now when I want clicks and, and likes and retweets and YouTube. Yes. Because I, I, yes, I need, it, I need yes. to be angry right now. If, without knowing all the information because that's how it works you have to be you have to be angry all the time about stuff it really does feel like people are just reaching for things to be angry about with redfall i don't know what it is what is it about redfall that everyone's so well i think i think started off with a lot of people who enjoy uh arcane's games thinking they've succumbed to the games as a service curse right Yes, that maybe. really doesn't u- look unique. It just looks like a shooter, which is something that Deathloop didn't have because at least Deathloop had a really cool aesthetic and a whole different mechanic, right? Um, so people feel like the soul of Arcane is being essentially destroyed. Then you mm-hmm. add on top of it uh, an online-only experience, something that, like, hey, if the servers ever go down, I won't be able to ever play this game. And with you know, this, that coupled with the same time that news happened, I believe we also had the information that certain games were being removed from the 360 store. And then there was like, oh, the 360 store might go down in May. So people were like, conf- like linking the two in their mind. Like Redfall's always online. Look at these games are leaving the 360 store. At some point, Redfall, you know, 30 years from now, I won't be able to play the game I bought because it's always online or whatever. I can't play it when I'm offline. And now this where it's like, okay, you have Xbox is probably the most digital focused of all the platforms, right? Um, you have a situation with Halo Infinite where the game's not on the disc. You still needed to download it. Then, oh, you hear the rumors. Uh-oh, there's no disc in the Redfall case. So basically, it's just a bunch of plastic that you're paying 70 bucks for because you just still got to download it anyways. And then everybody has good internet to download everything. So it's like, rah, 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 I'm so angry. And then, you know, people get all upset and they, they talk about, you know, but didn't Phil and them talk about game preservation and saying how this should be a better thing? And, and they have. So it's like, well, then why are they not really doing a good thing for game preservation with their own games? And it's sort of like, I even sort of feel like this is more of a Bethesda decision than an Xbox decision because we've seen their, their sort of like, I, I think this is more like Bethesda's choice because they, they seem to operate independently. Like, Xbox might tell them where they can publish, but it seems like all the other choices are, like, you sort of are all up to you, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's another thing. It's like, when there's a bad decision, it's like, oh, Microsoft Yeah, well, that's what I told this. you before. This, this is what I told you before. 
right? <laughs> Redfall, if Redfall is bad, and if Redfall and Starfield are bad, then it's all Xbox's fault, right? It's all Xbox's <laughs> fault. All Microsoft's fault. They ruined Bethesda. If Redfall and Starfield are good, Xbox had nothing to do with it at all. <laughs> so in this scenario, no matter oh, what happens, man. whether the games are good or bad, if the games are bad, it's Microsoft's fault. If the games are great, it's Bethesda's, you know, it's because of Bethesda. Nothing to do with nothing to do with Microsoft or Xbox. So because oh, this is negative, this is all this yeah. is an X this is a Microsoft problem, right? So we just got more breaking news. More breaking uh, news. Okay. That's that Starfield leaked picture is it, was in fact an AI generated image wow. that someone slapped text over and then took a photograph. Imagine that. Imagine shocker. that shocking AI generated photo. Of course, of course it was. That was the fir- I actually went to Idlesaw's Twitter because I saw it and I was like, that's fake as that's fake as hell. And then I looked through the comments and I saw a better high quality version of that picture and I'm like, oh, this is AI generated. That was my first thought when I saw it. I was like, this is AI generated. And sure enough, it was. But that doesn't start. But that doesn't stop people spreading it online and being like, could people this be are... real? I don't know, man. People are, people are hungry for info, man. Of course they're people hungry, hungry, for, hungry info. for info. They're definitely hungry for info. You know, who wouldn't be? I'm hungry for info. I want to learn more about Starfield. I want to see a cool trailer. I want to know when I'm going to be playing it. I don't. I don't want to know any of that shit, man. Mm. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't know anything. I just. I just. I just want Blizzard. I just want Blizzard, man. Why can't I have Blizzard rant? Mm. Tom, Henders- Tom Blizzard? Henderson's in the chat. He he just told us about the Bethesda stuff. By the way, Tom Henderson. Hopefully, hopefully you're doing well, Tom. Number one. <laughs> Public enemy number yeah. one. Most hate. Most yeah. hated by gaming journalists. The one. Th- <laughs> find out the one thing he does that makes gaming journalists hate him. Right. <laughs> You use that clickbait article yeah. uh, or headline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ten, 10 game journalists hate Tom Henderson for this reason. Yeah. Oh, bless him. How I'll, dare I'll how dare you not agree to embargoes and NDAs, Tom? How dare you break the sacred rules <laughs> established for I've actually how many I've only I mean I've agreed to embargoed information. Well, I've actually actually I've actually signed NDA documents. That's that like when I had to get a, the Series X early, I had to sign an NDA. Oh, man, for I it. sign NDAs twenty four seven. No, play, you're I'm, not I'm, signing. Play, you're not signing NDAs. You're just agreeing to embargoes. D- dude, I've signed. I signed two NDAs literally this week. Two fact, NDAs. I'm, I'm about Liter- to sign another. Wait, you're literally signing a non disclosure agreement. Yeah. Wow. All sorts of stuff. Damn. I mean, I usually, I mean, I, I get review codes for games early that I just agreed to an embargo date for, which isn't a big deal. The only time I've signed an NDA was for getting the Series X early, which for dude, whatever reasons. You, dude, you, know? you should have seen the NDA for Red Dead Redemption 2. It was, was the... massive. It was huge. We had, to phys- we had to physically... Dude, they they physically mailed the NDA for Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. To Ash. Do you remember Asher? Old Raya on Windows Central and Xbox Mad. They physically mailed him the NDA for that in an envelope. And he had to sign it and post it back. <laughs> so, yeah, the NDAs are, are, are all groovy. So you know, I, I, but NDAs are like, you know, NDAs don't necessarily mean you can't ever speak. It's like it's a lot of embargoes are NDAs, right? 
Um, no. Non-disclosure agreements and then they expire. Yes, Rand. NDA is an embargo. It's the same thing. No, 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 no. There's a difference. An, an embargo. No, there is not. No, 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 no. Because I've I've had to go to DocuSign to sign an NDA with my with my signature and date and all that stuff. Embargoes is literally you just tell the person who gave you the code. Yeah, I'll agree to the embargo and I won't post anything early. There's there's a big difference between the two because one of them will be like, we'll fucking sue you if you break this. And the other one's just like, oh, if you break this, you might be in trouble. We might not ever give you codes again in the future, but who really knows? You're not really in legal trouble. You break an NDA, you really might be in legal trouble. Uh, There's a big difference between the two, Jez. (laughs) What are you you talking about? If I search NDA in my inbox, there's just tons. There's tons and tons of NDAs, but the NDAs expire, you know. They always have an expiry date. Sure, Um, they do. But either way. Um, what were we talking? Oh yeah, we're preview talking. preview builds are often under NDA. Sure, preview builds. Yeah, yeah, those are those are NDA. Yes. Um. Oh, I'm under an NDA for. I'm actually under an NDA for something Tom Anderson, I think Tom Anderson leaked, or was it Jeff Grubb? Uh oh. For a game, a game, an old game from an old leak. I think it might have been Jeff actually. It's either Jeff or Tom. Who else really does this? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's uh, there's all sorts of fun stuff going on right now. There's too much stuff. I just got another code for another upcoming game that I don't have time to play. Mm. Uh, basically, what I need, Rand, I need a PA. You need a personal assistant, yes. Yeah. Do you want to be a PA? No, not really. Some, wear, somebody, like, somebody in chat would probably love to be your personal assistant. I, I think you'd be a good personal assistant. Um, I can I can imagine you with a clipboard. Maybe, maybe. Like clipboard and some glasses. Tight miniskirt. Wait, no. Well, excuse me? No, no, no. Anyway, moving on. Uh, moving on. Get a couple super chats here in from, <laughs> from the peeps. Uh, we have one here from uh, Dead Planet who says, What's the latest on Indiana Jones' exclusivity? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Tom Henderson knows. You can ask Tom in chat. Tom, do you know anything about Tom uh, Indiana Jones' exclusivity? Yeah, uh, let's just let's just get Tom to we'll leak it. We'll Tom, Tom will will say something. I I always was under the assumption that the game was multi-platform. Um, I I'm willing to bet money that Indiana Jones is multi-platform. Now that's I'm not pretty, to say I'm like I'm 95 percent sure it's multi-platform. Th- that's not to say that they couldn't negotiate some sort of exclusivity. Uh, it's been a long time since the game's been announced, and we haven't seen it since. Um, so it's certainly possible that the game Xbox could have negotiated exclusivity for it. I would imagine. My thought is, I think the game's going to be multi-platform, but day one in Game Pass. I think that's how it's going to go. And Tom, Tom says he doesn't know, which I f- I figure most people don't, because. There's not a lot of Indiana Jones news about machine games going around. But my guess would be that it's multi-platform. Um, because, the, I don't know, I sort of I sort of feel yeah. like it was signed before the acquisition, and there's Bethesda was a multi-platform publisher, so Disney would have been like, all right, multi-platform, you know, you need to release it on as many pop platforms as possible. Xbox acquires them, you know, they honor contracts. Granted, they could have went back and maybe renegotiated to get some better terms. Maybe they tried mm. to get it in Game Pass Day One rather than, you know, 
get full exclusivity, but we'll find out eventually. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it could end up in Game Pass Day One or something like that. But I'm I'm like ninety five percent sure that'll be on PlayStation. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Def Leppard said it's a Sony VR exclusive. So there you <laughs> Sony, go. Sony VR exclusive. Okay. Uh, Sin Vendetta. <laughs> he says, I only buy physical copies of the games I love for con- collecting reasons. I buy them, but don't open them. I buy the game digitally to play it. A lot of people would consider that weird. <laughs> but hey, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about, though. Uh, buying physical copies of the games you keep unopened for your collection. Yeah. And you, you buy them digitally to play them. To it, keep their like, value. If- I used to do that, man. I used to I used to have like 150 Xbox 360 discs, and I still have like I still have like hundreds of PlayStation One, PlayStation Two games. But I just there was a point where I was just like I don't have physical space anymore because I I had like literally 2,000 DVDs as well. I had like a DVD of every single movie, and I was proper thinking like, man, I need I need to I need to hoard these in case I ever you know lose the internet or something, you know. But there just came a point where I was just like, I don't, I don't actually need all this. So I just ended up giving them all away to a charity shop, you know. And maybe one day I'll really regret that. And and even now I'm kind of thinking, man, I should have at least ripped those DVDs and put them on a NAS storage device or something. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I just I've been digital for so long now. My internet's so stable, and it just kind of, I feel like if we ever, if we're ever in a situation where. I couldn't have stable internet connection. I feel like there'd be something so wrong with everything going on that having access to offline media would be the least of my concerns. Like if I can't afford the internet for whatever reason, I won't be thinking, oh God, I can't play offline games. Or if the internet's been blown up, probably something pretty dire has happened to society. And I probably won't be thinking about, oh no, I can't play Redfall anymore. So, you know, I just kind of think of it in that terms, you know. Uh, yeah, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe I'm naive. Do you think I'm naive, Rand? Do you think I'm naive? Are my feelings-based jazz right now or facts-based You're jazz? You're always feelings-based jazz, especially when it comes to Blizzard. You're feelings-based jazz. Um, do, do you, have you seen my, um, my badass new Horde tattoo? I did see your new tattoo. Is that... Yeah, I got, I got the Horde logo. from. Well, I've wanted that since I was 18, and I just thought, you know what, screw it. Screw it, and I got it. And no no regrets. No, yeah. Uh, we have a super chat here from Kevin Malone saying, hey guys, love the show, many thanks. Well, thank you for sending in the super chat and supporting us. We appreciate you very much. And we, Robo2024, saying, I have to agree with Rand, just watching the first episode of Picard, I wish they had just dropped them all. Half or multiple episodes. Hashtag sorry, Paris. Yes, I mean, watching, uh, watching all the episodes in a row is objectively better than watching it week to week. 100%. Picard. I agree with you. Yeah, there's a uh, season three of the Picard TV show. Um, what is that? That's Star, Star Trek, Trek, isn't it? Star Trek, yes. Man, Star Trek's just too nerdy for me, man. Mm. But since we were on the topic of Starfield, which we earlier we had breaking news of an off-screen photo of Starfield, a cinematic trailer that was then revealed to be, just be a fake by Midjourney AI, because you can't tell anymore with with art, because it could just be done by an AI. Um. I have to ask you, and hopefully my marchers, my Starfield marchers are in chat. Pong So, where are you at? Man, fun speculation. You here, buddy? Where, where are my Starfield marchers at? It was funny because <laughs> I was listening to PM and the PM yesterday over on Fun Speculations channel. Mav and Pong there. And, uh, Pong, and, and Mav went on this impassioned rant about how, you know, 
they're just having fun with the whole Starfield being in March thing, right? Um, and, uh, you know, basically one eye is like, you know, they're just having fun and there's just people that call them clowns or whatever. And, you know, Pong Souls is out here being like, you know, he's the leader of the March Cabal, right? And I just wanted to ask them, how was that? How was that Starfield Super? How was the Starfield Super Bowl commercial? Huh? Yeah. How was, yeah. How was that? Where, how where was, was that, that? How was that Starfield Super Bowl commercial on Sunday, guys? Yeah. Where is that? <laughs> um, we do have a question here from Tom. I wanted to ask because this <clears throat> probably more applies to you, and then we'll get back to the Starfield discussion. Tom wants to know, hey, but are you looking forward to the Activision acquisition because it broadens the games you can talk about? Would you be covering Call of Duty seasons and that type of thing? We we already cover Call of Duty seasons. Like we literally had a we had a dedicated writer dedicated to Call of Duty, but then I got budget cuts, you know. So we we cover whatever games we like at the end of the day. Um and but we're we're a small team, man. Windows Central is so small compared to some of the big sites out there. We are really punching above our way. You know, I think we've got like eight full-time writers which is tiny and we've got almost no freelance budget anymore and um yeah we're just really really punching above our way so that's the only reason we haven't covered call of duty more is because literally i don't have budget for it and i don't want people to write for free um you know but often people will write for free a lot of times but it just feels like it just feels wrong you know so i'd rather go to my boss and say we can cover these games but you won't invest in us. <laughs> Give me some money. Not cover Call of Duty. But I ain't playing Call of Duty. Because I'm not I'm not really good at it anymore. And I'm not really interested in playing it. Whenever I play Call of Duty now, I just feel so frustrated. And I just sit there thinking, man, I'm old now. I'm old. You know. And it feels like no amount of practice makes me better at Call of Duty anymore. I think I'm just really super old. The only shooter I can still play is um Overwatch. Because I suppose it's easier, you know. You know, you know, like it's when it's team based. You know exactly where the enemies are coming from a lot of the time. So it's kind of like, you know, you don't get shot in the back very much in Overwatch, generally speaking, unless it's a sombra or something. But yeah, I, I mean, Rand, you you don't really play, but you only play battle royales now for shooters, don't you, Rand? Yeah, battle royale's my thing. But I, I mean, I've, I think I've always played every COD, the the single player. That's what I'm interested in. Um, See, that's so strange to me. I know I am I a strange play, person. I never play. No, I, I never play COD single player. I only play. I only ever played COD for multiplayer. I probably, I probably would. Um, I probably would play Call of Duty more if it was if it was on Xbox Game Pass. You know, because I, I don't really get I don't really get codes for Call of Duty. You know, and I don't really want to pay for it myself because you know money. Um. So if it was on Call of, if it was on Game Pass, I probably would try and play it more. You know. Well, yeah, I think I've um, talked about like the acquisition and like the Bethesda acquisition was always more. It was always better personally for me uh, than the Activision one because I play of all Bethesda's games. And I've been a huge fan of all their studios and their content for the most part. So to me, that that will always be personally way bigger. And yeah, it does broaden up the games and the studios that you can talk about. Uh, for sure, the Activision one was just like it's it, the Activision one is is more like Xbox becoming bigger and, and doing more things rather than being really excited for the games that'll come from them. 
Uh, whereas like all the studios from Bethesda outside of maybe ESO or outside of uh, Zenimax Online, I'm really interested in whatever they're doing. From Arcane to ID to Tango to Bethesda Game Studios, like I'm all super super interested in every single one of them and the games they'll make. With Activision Blizzard acquisition, I don't care about King, but I understand why they want King because X- Xbox needs a mobile presence. I'm not a big the biggest Blizzard fan, even though I do like me some Diablo. I didn't really care too much for Overwatch. So, like, Diablo's great. I'll play that. But always, I'm more interested in, like, their future games. And, like, yeah, it'd be nice not having to pay for Call of Duty. I guess I was more looking on the hopeful side, hearing Phil talk about, like, StarCraft and Guitar Hero and the idea of maybe, like, moving Call of Duty away from a yearly release schedule and my mind being like, oh, well, what if you could... What if Infinity Ward could make something other than Call of Duty all the time. Like, what if Treyarch and, and Infinity Ward and Sledgehammer could make um, uh, another game alongside Call of Duty because they're given the time? Like, what if High Moon could actually go back to making games? You know, because I used to really enjoy the Transformers games that they made during the 360 era. What if, what if Raven could go back and make some really cool games? Because I really enjoyed, you know, um, the X-Men game or Wolverine game and, and Singularity. You know, what if Toys for Bob actually does what they're really good at and could make a new banjo or, or something along those lines? So I always, I looked at the acquisition as more like way future stuff, like six, seven years down the road, rather than like yeah. presently with Bethesda, which was like almost, it could have been instantly, but obviously they had the deals with for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. But like, finally, we're in the situation where like, okay, everything coming here is basically going to be Xbox. Whereas, like, what I'm really looking forward to from Activision Blizzard, one is more hopeful, and two wouldn't happen for a long time, which I'd be perfectly fine with because all you have all the games from Xbox Game Studios plus all Bethesda. So that's like my <clears throat> hope for it, and yeah. I think- the, the thing the thing about the acquisition is it solves a lot of problems that Xbox has with regards to culturally relevant IP. I kind of feel like, you know, and this is going to upset Perfect Dark fans, right? Okay. I feel like if, if imagine, just imagine, I'm, I'm sorry to all the Perfect Dark fans out there, but imagine that we, that Microsoft already owned Activision Blizzard. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be a perfect dark shooter that the initiative would be making. It'd be a StarCraft shooter. It's a bigger franchise. It's got more global reach. It's got way more fans. It's not a sort of nostalgic memory for a subset of Xbox fans. I think that is really what I'm personally, like joking aside, you know, that's what I'm personally excited about with regards to the deal is because like Rand said they've got a lot of IP that's dormant that could be tapped into you know you could get Hexen back to id software Hexen is a dead franchise you know this and year it's Microsoft like it's, it's also amazing and it's like that could be the the you know you id software could bounce between doom and Hexen or, or something else or and, and whatever you know there's just so much cool stuff that could come out of it you know um you know, and, and also there's the cloud gaming aspect. Diablo 4 on Xbox cloud gaming is going to be amazing. It really is. It's like the perfect, the perfect 
game for cloud gaming. But yeah, you know. And also I get StarCraft 3 out of it. Because Phil, Phil guaranteed me StarCraft 3 if, if they acquire Blizzard. He pretty much pretty much did, right? That's what I heard anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, back to back to Starfield. I hope everybody enjoyed. Where's Pong? I swear, I've been looking through chat. I haven't seen Pong. Where's my boy Pong? Where, where, where's Mav? They're not showing up to Xbox 2 today like they always do? Pong, where Damn. you at? Damn, maybe, maybe he's tired of you trolling him for the uh, March thing. Man. He, he knows, he knows. He, Pong's a good guy, and he knows I'm just I'm just playing around because I've told him, you know, the whole the whole thing with Starfield was, you you have this like leaked thing, so everyone thinks it's coming soon. I do think here's what I do think about Starfield. I do think the developer direct is coming soon. I think it's actually I think it's I think there's a there's a good chance it comes this month, but m- more than likely I think it's coming in March. I think March is when they're gonna do the show and like i said i've been feeling good about june for a while i I said june's the earliest i know there was a a a gog update on the page where it said starfield's coming june 29th or something you know we this is already after cd key says it was coming march 23rd Eh, the march thing i i think there's zero percent chance that starfield comes in march but hey if you guys want to believe it's coming in march more power to you um, I do think there's a good chance it comes in June. And that's just... I know we've talked about this before. You used to be heavily on the second half of the year. But you, you've you more come back into more of, more of the June time frame, have you not? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not really based on much. It's kind of based on, you know, the the rumors and whispers I'm hearing. I kind of feel like they've, they've just got a big landing strip. And they're just sort of like they'll polish it up to the last possible minute kind of and the last possible minute is june because i think that they've just got a lot of game to polish you know they'll pro- they'll probably be going if they do release it in june they'll they'll be going on polishing it for like a million years to come they're probably hoping like okay well if we release it in june people can experience the first 20 hours of the game that'll be relatively polished and then we can sneakily fix the last thousand hours of the game while people are playing the first 20 hours kind of what they're done with wild hearts right they release wild hearts and like the front heart the front loaded part of the game is like yeah this is relatively polished and then they were hoping no one would notice that the the rest of the game was held together by duct tape but um <clears throat> i don't know it's based it's based on nothing nothing hard and nothing concrete if i ever do get concrete evidence of starfield's launch date it'll be up on windows central Singing and dancing, shining. You know who's going to get it first? Who's going to beat you to that? It's either going to be Grub or it's either <sighs> going to be Tom. I'm expecting Maybe. to wake up. I'm expecting to wake up one day and seeing a story from Insider Gaming about how Starfield is targeting some June time frame for release. Uh, yeah, maybe. You know? <clears throat> maybe. Maybe. Or, maybe, or maybe. even another one. Uh, Starfield is tar- targeting an October release or something. You know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, baby. But don't count me out, though, bro. I still got I still got a tr- bag of tricks. Yeah, I mean, d- does your bag of tricks allow you to break NDAs though? Because Tom don't care about those. Yeah, I won't have an NDA for that. No. <laughs> Why would I have an NDA? For I, don't, that? I don't know. I don't know. Dude, did you know Pinball Effects just launched on Xbox? I did see the announcement. It's a uh, PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Yes, it was. A, that was a 360. Holy title. shit! I'm installing that bad boy right now. See mm-hmm. you guys. Pin- Dude, pinball effects is so sick. 
that game of the year has just landed just randomly during the podcast. I didn't. Did you? Was that announced? I did not know that. Was I coming. don't think it was announced. Maybe it was. I did <clears> see <throat> the announcement yesterday. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, last week we talked about the LinkedIn updates that both Fable and Compulsion Games had, right, Jez? Yeah, LinkedIn updates. Where, like, the Fable uh, producer yeah. said that it's in playable state, and then Compulsion person said that basically it's in a playable alpha build or whatever. Um, yeah. It was interesting because I, th- I believe Remedy announced that Alan Wake is playable, and that's supposed to come out this year. And I did see yeah. this story, I believe also from Insider Gaming, uh, Metro Exodus 2 on the way potentially revealed this year potentially releasing in 2024 and also playable so i guess oh, that's tom, tom just making things up well i He's mean metro exodus up, 2 makes sense right He's i mean it's it's, it it's been a while since the first since metro <laughs> exodus what, when did metro exodus come out 2018 2019 i think it was yeah, yeah, yeah forget yeah. one of those years so it makes sense um embracer bought them but I just kind of wanted to tie it into the Fable and Compulsion thing because here you have another two games that are at least reported to be in a playable state. One of them coming out this year. The other mm-hmm. the other may be coming out next year but revealed this year, Metro Exodus 2. Mm-hmm. Now you take that back to Fable and, and Compulsion. Could we could we actually see Fable next year? Or, or Compulsion's game next year? Like, not, not mean like see, like the trailer, but I mean release you know what i'm saying release yeah i don't know bro i don't know bro i mean because remember we we had so um, annoying like why why isn't tom getting us leaks on this well we had we had the grubster on xbox two plus one uh, a couple weeks ago and we had talked to tom on and grill him yeah we should um we did have we did talk to jeff about the games Xbox was expecting to release in 2023 back in 2021, you remember? Yes. And then, like, one of them was Fable and Compulsion's game and all these other games. Um, and obviously, Fable's not coming this year. I mean, it was also, like, it was basically a Hellblade 2 avowed Fable, Compulsions, In Exiles, Coalition's new game. and Well, Coalition's new game got canceled, but it was, like, basically all the games were coming in 2023 clearly obviously plans change so i don't know like i sort of saw this and i was like okay well you have another two games in playable states one's coming sooner the other one's coming next year maybe there is a chance for fable to come out next year end of next year is like the big holiday game right um which would be exciting the games they've been working on the game for certainly a long time um but I do, I sort of think Compulsion's game would come out first. Maybe they could come out at the same time. I don't know. I just I just wanted to bring this up again because of those two games that were mentioned as playable, and maybe we could tie it into the uh, the Fable thing. But speaking of Fable, and this story might have something to do with it, was Embracer said that Crystal Dynamics and Eidos are going to release five AAA games in the next five years. Oh. And people are wondering what those five games could be. I think for sure two of those five games are Xbox games, yes? Right? I would imagine. Crystal Dynamics, one of those five games has to be Perfect Dark. And Eidos, according to Jason Schreier's reporting, is helping on Fable. And that definitely is going to release the next five years. Cross our fingers, knock on the table, (laughs) right? (laughs) 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe, you would maybe. think so. Yeah, you you would hope so, right? Because I couldn't imagine. Because I couldn't imagine them not being included. Because who else? Two studios releasing releasing five AAA games in the next five years. It seems most studios take the whole gen to release one, right? Mm. Uh, the fact that they would release five of them in the next five years, so that would be three from Crystal Dynamics or two from Eidos or vice versa. That seems incredibly uh, optimistic. So one's well, isn't Crystal Crystal has two studios, right? I even think they have three. To be honest with you. Yeah. Um. I mean, clearly, one's Perfect Pretty Dark, or, or one of them. If you want to go outside the Xbox ones, one of them has to be Tomb Raider, which is already announced, published by Amazon. We don't really know what. I, do we know what Idos is doing? Are they doing a Deus Ex game? They've they've hinted at Deus Ex. Okay, so let's assume one of them's Deus Ex. That's two, and even if you include a Fable game, and the perfect dark game that's four what's are they are they going to do like is there are they doing legacy of kane are they doing like a triple a remaster of legacy of kane or like a they announced tomb raider already they did well i mean they've got other studios too right or did that were they specifically talking about idos and and, uh, crystal dynamics here because they own the studio that makes dark siders right I, be- I believe so. I'm pretty sure they were specifically talking about those two studios. Because oh, they, okay. Because I think overall they mentioned how they are going to release... God, what was it? Like um, 19 AAA games by 2026 or something? Or 20? Yeah, right. uh, yeah no. Crystal Dynamics right. and Eidos Mentor are currently expected to release five AAA games by March 31st, 2028. Um, he said... He defined AAA games as titles that over ha, that have over a hundred full-time developers at the peak of their development phase, and then we also must have notable or significant marketing budgets and are expected to sell at least two million units. Uh, and it says, and if development work is paid for by an external partner, Embracer must also have a notable economic upside. Um, yeah, so obviously the perfect dark game. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of spookiness around Embracer because they, didn't they they reported a loss didn't they, and then um, they were, they were talking about how Saints Row hundred million dollar yep, hundred million dollar loss or hundred million dollar budget they said and that it, Embracer yeah. plans to release thirty one AAA games by March thirty first twenty twenty eight so in the next five years they plan to release thirty one AAA games. Uh, in addition to five from Crystal Dynamics and Idos Montreal, eight will come from Gearbox, eleven from Saber, six from Playon, and one from THQ Nordic. And four of those are expected to release during their next fiscal year, ending March of 2024, with seven to eight released each year thereafter. Seventeen of those games are in full production, nine are in pre-production, and five are in the concept phase. 24 will be published internally. 28 will be developed internally. 23 are based on owned IP. 24 are based on established IP. And 7 are based on new IP. But only 6 of the 31 projects have been announced. Okay, Jesus. Man, I just... I have very little faith in Embracer Group to deliver anything that will make a splash. After that, um, man, that god-awful... What's it called? I can't remember. Called Biomutant. 
That's like I know some people really like that game, and there, there it had some charm, but I, I actually thought it was the worst game I've ever played, <laughs> except 3D Sonic. Oh god, how many fan bases kind of piss off today? And funnily enough, speaking about 3D Sonic, Sega came out and said yeah. that Sonic Frontiers did really well, it and did. they um they're gonna they're gonna invest more heavily in a sequel. Um. I don't know. I, that kind of makes me happy in a nostalgic way. Even though I did, I did say on a previous podcast that I think 3D Sonic should be banned via the Geneva Convention and and uh, allocated as a war crime. But um, it sounds like people liked it. Um, and uh, Sonic does come kind of across like a, a sort of lower budget game. Do we do we have an analysis out there on why games are so expensive these days? Because Saints Row. I would never have believed. I would have never have expected Saints Row would have costed hundred million dollars to make. I mean, maybe that just shows how out of touch I am. But does hundred million dollars sound sound um, normal to you for that kind of game? I I don't know. Open world. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, they've been working on that what, game. What is I it? mean, but they've been looking. They've, so they've been working on that game for a long time. Um. Mm. Their last game was God. I can't even think of their last game. It bombed so badly. Somebody in chat will know, but it was. Uh, it's like I can I can see the title, Agents of was it? No, it wasn't Agents of Mayhem. Chat. What was what was uh, Volition's last game? I want to. S- I played. I, pl- I played. Yeah, I played. Like, I, I played that game for like an hour and put it down because I was a big fan. I was a huge fan of the Saints Row franchise. Love. I can't remember one, that. two, three, four. Didn't really like, uh, you know, the one where they Johnny Gat went to hell. Oh yeah, okay, I was right. Agents of Mayhem. Agents. Of, what? Yeah, I think I said that, or maybe I didn't. Agents of Mayhem. Agents I don't of Mayhem. Even heard of that game. Yeah, well, n- nobody did because nobody played it. It was definitely, definitely a bomb. Uh, I want to say that came out in, let's see, 2017. So they'd essentially been working on Saints Row, the reboot. I mean, ever since like, yeah. So 2017, you figure maybe they start working on their next game in 2018 and they didn't put it out until last year. I mean, you know, you're, you're talking about what, four years of development, open world, costs going up. Uh, I think they're located here in the States. I, I want to say they're located in Illinois, actually, or, uh, by the University of Illinois. Yeah, oh. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, I, I'm not shocked that it cost $100 million plus, like, whatever marketing expenses they had. That, that I'm shocked. That doesn't surprise me what's, whatsoever. I uh, Someone in the chat said that Control cost $30 million to make. And, you know, I, I, I increasingly, I'm just like, well, isn't it a safer bet to make that kind of game? But then again, even didn't they didn't they even say Control didn't break even? I think. Man, I it's it's just hard out there, man. Like, well, yeah, when you have games it, that take forever to make, the costs go up. So, yeah, I suppose part of it is inefficiency, especially like if you if you're if you're a Microsoft studio and you're sort of dealing with bureaucracy and stuff like that. I suppose that can frustrate. The cost, because I suppose the biggest cost is labor, right? So the longer it takes for your game to come out, the more your costs are going to spiral because you got to pay all your devs. You know, um, I don't know. It's tough times, baby. I I almost think like there's a the video game 
some some of these big publishers need to need to reset their ambitions. I don't think everything needs to be a big, massive open world with a million icons. You know, I think, but like, do games like Dead Space make money these days? I just don't know. I don't know. I'd love to, I'd love to I'd love to learn more about how Dead Space is doing for EA. I really would. You know, but anyway, um, it would be interesting. Go to reviews. See. Yeah. Go review says Windows Central confirmed breaking news that Battleborn Two is confirmed. Man, you know what? I actually quite like Battleborn. You know, I, I think I was the only person in, on Earth who liked that game a little mm. bit. I, you yeah, probably were. You probably were because yeah. it was. The, I've I, never, I never seen was, a game. Get, fun, I never it saw a game fun. get buried so fast by another game. Yeah, I mean, it, it sucked how hard Overwatch buried it but the only thing that about was holding back battleborn was 30 frames man if it was 60 frames per second i probably wouldn't have bounced off it as quickly as i did but i really really like that game man just kind of yeah. sad well you know what if you guys are enjoying the show make sure you hit the like button and subscribe if you're new please and uh let's talk about this xbox game pass stuff the controversy the big the big sort of uh, talking point this week, especially earlier in this week about, you know, Game Pass, what was the correct terminology that was used? Cannibalizes, right? Xbox yeah. Game Pass cannibalizes sales. Uh, every website out there wrote something about it. Uh, you know, a lot of people are writing opinion, opinion articles about it. Um, and then you sort of combine that with, you know, the news that PlayStation is selling fantastically right selling really well it's up 200 percent in europe xbox is down a third which is isn't really where you want to be i mean the switch is down 11 percent too but i mean that's going on year seven now oh no year six so it's like okay year six you've already sold 100 110 million of those suckers okay sales are down you're also good about to you know probably release a new system next year you've you've done enough good pig right like babe, good pig. You've done enough switch. Like to see Xbox down a third isn't exactly where you want to be. We're talking about pigs now. I'm just saying the movie, the movie, the movie, babe the, the movie pig? called Babe the Pig. Yeah, where he's like, "That'll do, pig. That'll do." Babe. Oh, yeah, that'll do, pig. That'll not, do, not pig. Good that, pig. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. I'm so confused. <laughs> Does babe uh, get turned into bacon at the end? I don't know. But it's it's oh. like, oh yeah, okay, I understand why switch is going down. Xbox down a third isn't really um good news and especially in the europe where it's not really selling the best to begin with right it's you know it's it hasn't really had the best easiest of times in europe so uh otaku says 122 million i knew it was somewhere up there they said 110 or whatever but either way like it's understandable by switch would start slowing down so it's like you had that news about xbox not selling well and playstation selling incredibly well because they have stock now and it's like they even celebrated the fact they had stock with huge like TV commercials right like live from PS5 oh, dude um Did, didn't you see the giant PlayStation they they Yeah I saw the somewhere? giant PlayStation the giant Molnir uh, the giant Axe or whatever like so they they're, they're PlayStation celebrating marketing goes hard they now. do go they do goes go pretty hard. hard Xbox goes hard on Twitter with memes and and on TikTok you know <laughs> they, they they go different types of hard um, but is then, it, so it's like, it, you had that, is it an inferior type of hard? <laughs> so you have all that Xbox sort of stuff, some Viagra. you have all that sort of <laughs> stuff. And then 
Xbox's best feature, most would argue, is Game Pass, yeah. which is something that, you know, have been talked about a lot by a lot of people. But because of the whole ABK deal, the CMA got some uh, some information directly from Microsoft where, you know, Microsoft's own internal documents were saying that it cannibalizes sales. But there there's a whole lot of context that's missing from from this. And you wrote an article about it, Jez. So give us give us the lowdown about all this stuff. Give us the lowdown. Give us the lowdown. So, yeah. So basically, in essence, um, there was this, like whole drama about you know the comments that were sort of in the cma report which i haven't read in its entirety but i was thinking like can i read all of this stuff am i really that attentive i did try i did re- i tried so hard right but i'm i'm gonna try and read it again the weekend i think but it's very it's very dry and it's also written in very strange language it's it's almost like the person writing it intentionally didn't want the context to be understood correctly but basically it says it says in the cma documents that um i'm trying to just pull it up here so i can quote it verbatim microsoft submitted in its internal analysis that it showed a redacted percent decline in base sales 12 months following their addition on xbox game pass Microsoft internal documents recognized that adding titles to Game Pass would lead to cannibalization of buy-to-play sales as opposed to free-to-play games. It continues with buy-to-play referring to buy-to-play games, blah, 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 blah. The ba- yeah, so that's basically the line that was sort of... Um, the line that was sort of cherry-picked for some of the headlines. Um, there, are, there are some outlets that very clearly do not want this... <laughs> deal to pass oh clearly like uh, yeah yeah 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. they they are they're very, very much very do not want it. to go yeah they're very against it um so you know the but you know it's it's hard to when you've got a redacted percent decline it's hard to really extrapolate true context from that you know because the the the, the reason they spun out into a whole ordeal was because Phil Spencer had previously made a comment in GameIndustry.biz, and GameIndustry.biz was also the, the website that was reporting on this comment from the CMA with redacted percentages, whatever. And they sort of presented it like a gotcha moment. They were like, ha, Phil, you lied. You contradicted yourself. Oh, yeah. Pe- yeah, people, were, Phil- people were going, at, going hard at Phil on Twitter. Going yes, hard, were. really, really hard. Saying you're liar, how could you? You keep on lying. Oh yeah, it was it's it it bad. Yeah, yeah, but if you actually read the exact comment that Phil shared with industry gameindustry.biz, it was when you put a game like Forza Horizon Four on Game Pass, you instantly have more players on the game, which is actually leading to more sales of the game. And this was back in 2018, right? So the way Phils presents that comment, he specifically says a game like Forza Horizon 4, which is a service multiplayer game, first of all. And then he's, and he's saying it's actually leading to more sales of the game. He's specifically talking about that specific scenario. He's not saying a pervasively across the board, every single game that we put in Xbox Game Pass is leading to increased sales. Because I'm pretty sure they've never said that. They've never come out and said that. They've only they've ever always... really said that people that are subscribed to Game Pass spend, spend more money on games. Yeah, they've they've said that too. People people who, you know, 
offset their they they save money for Game Pass, but they still continue spending. And that they've know, seen Xbox. they've seen. I think they've even said something like when a uh, a title a, a previous instance of a franchise was in Game Pass for a bit. They've seen pre-orders for like the next installment of their franchise increase or whatever stuff like yeah. that. And they always say we've seen and you know leading stuff like that. It's it's, it's the language they use is specifically to sort of you know suggest that it's not every game. And certainly in conversations I've had with Xbox peeps, um, it certainly seems like the the number one metric which drives sales and engagement is quality. It's always quality. It always comes back to quality. If a game, they, they measure against Metacritic, you know, and, you know, for, for everyone who says stuff like game reviews don't matter, blah, 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 it's still the metric by which you seem to find correlation between game sales. And this is, this is an engagement on Xbox Game Pass. If they put a game in Xbox Game Pass and it gets 6 out of 10, no, it's probably not going to get more sales. And it probably will have its sales cannibalized more aggressively because people will play on Game Pass and they just won't buy it. They won't share it and stuff like that. So there's nothing there that Phil said was a lie. You know, the geeky nerd said it's not lying but misleading. It's not really misleading, is it? If he's saying games like Forza Horizon 4 we've seen leading to more sales, you know. And even still, like, that was back in the day, back in 2018, when user behavior was very different to what it will be now, evolving over time. Doesn't matter. Like people doesn't matter. He said it once. Yeah. It impli- and impl- he said it one time in 2018. That implies for every single year going to the future. So if he says it then, then it applies to 2033. Doesn't matter. <laughs> because, because as we know, things never change. Things always stay constant, right? What was true in 2018 uh, can't be false in 2023. Yeah, right. I mean it's it's dumb because there's there's recent examples of games blowing up in Game Pass that also blow up on Twitch that also blow up on Steam and that's Hi-Fi Rush. Like you could literally just not buy Hi-Fi Rush, but Hi-Fi Rush charted on Steam and other platforms, you know, where comparably so another game for Spoken didn't, you know. For Spoken wasn't included in a service service like Xbox Game Pass. But it also didn't do particularly great on Metacritic, you know. So it's just a whole load of nothing again, really. It's just more sort of fud about the Xbox Game Pass model, which makes some corners of the internet nervous. Well, it makes you know, if, a lot of people nervous. Yeah, it does. You know, if you are if you are a game journalist or a games writer, and you know, People can just pl- try a game for themselves without having to read a review. You kind of aren't needed anymore, you know. Like I've been railing against Bing ChatGPT recently because Bing, you know, can write guides more quickly than a human can, you know. But I've got that bias because I don't want Bing to put me out of a job, <laughs> you know. So there's like you've got to think like what is the writer's potential bias here for being so anti-game pass. And it could be that, you know, Game Pass allows consumers to access content more easily without having to first go through a content creator, whether it's a YouTuber, whether it's a website or a journalist or a newspaper or whatever. There's sort of like this direct-to-consumer approach that Xbox Game Pass represents is something that makes a lot of people nervous. 
But then you get people like the developers of um, Descenders. I can't remember the chap's name. Um, um, Mike Rose. Or, Mike Rose, yeah. He always comes out really strongly in defense of Xbox Game Pass because he's like, you know, the model works and it works really well for us. We well, get, yeah, this, we is, get this in, is what we get he said. Flow. Right, I'll Sorry, just read what he said. He said, every time Game Pass is in the news, my Descender search fills with mentions as people on both sides try to explain why Descenders is proof of their own claim about Game Pass. And every single time, oh boy, do I learn that gamers do not understand how video games work at all. All I can say is we're aiming to get every single title we publish from now on onto Game Pass. And doing so, we'll secure success for each title and relieve immense pressure for the devs. But please, gamers, continue to explain why why it's bad for us. So, yeah, it's it's the the only thing that you know the, the only the only times that Xbox Game Pass doesn't work is when you know the game isn't super good, and if it's not going to work on game Game Pass, is not going to be a silver bullet for any bad game or any mediocre game. You know, there's some games in Game Pass that aren't epic bangers. But they've always got like, there's always like, a, there's a specific level of curation that Xbox looks for when it's curating Xbox Game Pass. It's not like an all-you-can-eat service like Spotify, where literally anyone can put a song onto Spotify. Even I've done it, you know. And you know, even our podcast is on Spotify. Anyone can put content on Spotify, and that's why you've got this like horrible situation in the music industry where. There's just no curation and like nobody can sort of cut through the the sort of the vast sort of, you know, content library that's out there. You know, you have to rely on algorithms and all that kind of stuff. But I think Xbox has been very careful to curate Xbox Game Pass in such a way that every game that goes into that service has the best possible chance of having the spotlight to itself, at least for a little while, right? So you know, every every month or every couple, every few weeks, there's like there's a game that hits Game Pass that has a spotlight all to itself. Next week, it'll be Atomic Heart. Last week, it was something else. Week before, it was something else. You know, we had Monster Hunter Rise for a week. We had Hi-Fi Rush for a week. You know, we're gonna have Wolong, Fallen Dynasty in a couple of weeks. Dynasty. You know. Dynasty. 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 Either way. Isn't it? Isn't it Dynasty? I don't know. I said Dynasty to me, oh. but you, you you say it how you weird say, say words. I'm so. going to say Dynasty. That's round. Now there's there's a there's a lot of games coming to Game Pass, and look, I I think the the idea here is like Phil says something, right? And I understand there are people that like Phil, and there are people that don't like Phil. Um, that's I like Phil. Whatever here or there, but there's always. You know, the words you have to, to, what he says, and it's like, okay, some people really stick so close to what he says. Some people still give him shit for the stuff he said about VR in 2016. Oh, how about Scorpio? It's going to have high fidelity VR. And obviously VR never materialized. So a lot of people are on the train about CEOs in general lying or that Phil lies. Phil lies all the time, right, about stuff. And they take this quote from 2018 from Phil about how, like, oh, yeah, we have a lot of people playing Forza Horizon, and those people see on their friends list see Forza Horizon, they're, they're playing it, and then they, they buy it. So we actually see more people buying Forza Horizon than the wood because he talked about State of Decay 
uh, winning NPD or doing really well in NPD. And they're like, well, how is that possible? How is that possible that State of Decay 2 is doing so well in NPD when you can get it for free in Game Pass? And he's like, well, you know, it's a variety effect. People see what their friends are playing, co-op. Other people don't want to subscribe, so they buy. Right? So really the difference between something like Netflix and Spotify where it's like, you can purchase it if you want. It also has like DLC and microtransactions to make all that money, right? So mm-hmm. then there's the like this, the other people who say, well, Game Pass can't be good for the industry. Game Pass can't be good for developers. You have to buy all these games. Even though Xbox is essentially paying the developers to put their games on Game Pass, like Xbox can't just put anybody's games on Game Pass, right? Like... There has to be an agreement. You'd have to agree to it. Whether or not it's a full, hey, we will pay you X amount of money and then have maybe performance-based clauses like if you reach X amount of downloads, we'll give you this much more. If you have X amount of playtime, we'll give you this much more. Whatever they sort of agree to, you know? And for some devs, it works. Like for Mike Rose and the Senders, he's like, this works for us. It takes the pressure off. We get paid. Uh, we don't have to worry about it. I want all my games on Game Pass. And, you know, maybe it doesn't work for other devs. Maybe they tried it in Game Pass. It didn't work because, for whatever reason, nobody really tried out their game and or whatever. I mean, because clearly, not every game that's going to go into Game Pass is going to be a success. That's just true of any subscription service. Not every show released by Netflix or HBO is going to be a banger. Stuff gets canceled all the time. It's just the way it is. People have limited time, There's and there's so many games to play. Not every one of them is going to be experienced, even if uh, you, you give give them to uh, you know a user base of thirty million to try out for free. Some people just aren't interested in that. Like I'm not interested in Monster Hunter Rise. I'm never going to play it. Right? Doesn't just because it's there doesn't mean people are going to play it. Um. Uh. Mm. So you essentially have the situation where Phil said one thing in 2018, and here we are in 2023. Well, maybe more 2022 when these the CMA stuff uh, collected their documents. And, you know, the CMA is like, oh, well, you know, even according to Microsoft, you know, it cannibalizes sales after 12 months, right? But it's like, yeah, but sales usually drop off after 12 months anyways. So they use this, the headlines, you know, because headlines are important because only, only, people only read the headlines. Xbox cannibalizes game sales. And that's in direct sort of... um that's basically the opposite of what Phil said in 2018, which is something people always bring up. So they're like, wait a minute, Microsoft's admitting that it's cannibalizing game sales, but Phil said this. Phil's lying, <laughs> right? Because Microsoft's got to be truthful. They got to give the truth to CMA. And it's like, oh, and it's like, sure, okay. But what is true in 2018 may not be true in 2022. You got to think about the time when that stuff was going on in 2018, uh, Game Pass had been around for only a year. And Microsoft had just finally put their own games into the service, like Sea of Thieves and State of Decay 2, right? So, service was completely brand new. Microsoft, just that year, had only introduced their own first-party games, because 2017, if you remember what Game Pass looked like in 2017, there really wasn't any new games. And half of half of Game Pass's library was 360 titles because they had to fill it out. So people look at Game Pass now and they're like, it has 30 million users or roughly the last update I think we had was 25 million when they acquired, when they announced the Activision, uh, Activision acquisition back in January of last year, right? It was like 20, 25 million or something. 
Who knows what it's at right now, but every single quarter they say Game Pass is growing. They don't really say how much Game Pass is growing by or what percentage, just that it's growing. So it could be a 30 million by now, could be a 35 million, but hell, it could be at 26 million. We don't know. I mean, it, maybe it don't maybe it's only been growing by 200,000 people every quarter for the past year and so it hasn't gone up that much. My point is we don't know what it's at now. But People are like, well, Game Pass is at this number now, and 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 Phil said this four years ago. So what he said back then has to be true now, which isn't the case. You know, there there are things that were true in the past that aren't necessarily true now, because Game Pass has changed over the course of time. You know, you had maybe five million subscribers when State of Decay three came out, so not many people signed up to the service because. There wasn't really a lot of must-have games to sign up for. It was just old content. It was just backlog content. So in that situation, you don't have that many people signed up for it. Yeah, more people might tend to buy it because the service really isn't appealing. And it wasn't really appealing back then. Whereas like now the service is way more appealing because they have day one titles from indies to like some, you know, bigger AAA-ass games like Wolong and... And, uh, like, Atomic Heart and, you know, Redfall and all these sort of things. Where it's like, yeah, I can imagine now a scenario where you have 30 million people versus 5 million. Where, yeah, it may cannibalize sales. It's, you know, you're not always going to have a situation like High on Life, which just kind of was this breakout star where everybody was talking about it and playing it. And because everybody was talking about and playing it, more people bought it on PC and bought it on Xbox. Or even like the case of Hi-Fi Rush where the virality of everybody experiencing and telling you how amazing it was led to increased sales on the PC side of things. Even though it didn't chart in January's MPDs and Forspoken did. Uh, you know, because it's like, yeah, because I would imagine most people on Xbox didn't buy Hi-Fi Rush. So why would it chart in NPD's uh, system, because more people doesn't cover Steam too, right? Well, I don't think they do. I don't think they do. Yeah. But why would people buy Hi-Fi Rush when it's free on Game Pass and it's a and it's a drop? When most people in the Xbox ecosystem now have Game Pass, where most people did not have Game Pass in 2018. So, what Phil was saying is 100% the truth in 2018, but not necessarily the truth as of right now. And people really hold them to that. People like, you know, hey, you lied about this. But even when when Xbox talks about uh, certain things about MPD, they talk about how people on Game Pass that are subscribed just spend more money on games and they, they, they spend more time playing games and all these sort of things that are good metrics to maybe present to your partners about, Hey, like these people, you know, they're more interested in spending money on your stuff. If you have a game with microtransactions or co-op, you can really have a chance of making some money here. And even when cutting some of these deals, we know that, you know, uh, like they are basically be like, okay, well we think we'll lose X amount of sales by putting it in game pass. So you need to basically pay us for those lost sales and then a premium on top of it. Right. So yeah, like they're getting a payment for essentially the lost sales that they would have had on game pass. Plus, 
whatever premium they can essentially negotiate with Xbox. So, um, Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, I sort of, uh, I, I sort of feel like this is all just kind of blown way out of proportion, mainly yeah. because it's just a lot of people who just, they, they just want to say, you know, Xbox is doing bad because one, this would prove that the thing that most people talk about at Xbox is a horrible thing and that you should support developers, right? Because, uh, cannibalizing sales isn't good. And that here's another example of Phil lying to the people because he lies to you all the time. He lies to you about Game Pass, so of course he's lying to you about the games, right? And it's just another thing of how Xbox is just shit, right? It's just garbage. Uh, you know, look how Xbox isn't selling and how PlayStation is. Look how, you know, Hi-Fi Rush didn't even chart because Xbox players don't buy games. Uh, but at the same time, we can't allow xbox to get activision blizzard because it'll end up in a monopoly i don't i don't understand how people can have those two thoughts in their head about xbox is currently dying and is currently so awful and 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 just basically needs to exit the industry because it offers nothing of value to anybody and then xbox also say well they shouldn't be allowed to get activision blizzard because then they'll have a monopoly in the entire gaming space this is how some people actually argue by the way which I know, yeah. it's it's absurd because then you see it written by some of these outlets who clearly have an agenda uh, about the deal not going through, and they're right. Like even one bad mother says, "I just wonder why consumers, customers should even care if they're getting more options. That should be better." Ah, uh, but you see, it should only be the options that their current love uh, uh, platform gives them. So, remember, subscription services are awful until your favorite company started doing them and you know putting your games it's funny because i see a lot of people talking very highly about this month's release uh of games that are in playstation plus because they added hi-fi because they added hi-fi rush they added horizon forbidden west they added like the quarry they added borderlands 3 so horizon forbidden west gets ads gets added a year later and suddenly Everybody's talking about how PlayStation Plus Plus is kicking the shit out of Game Pass and it's better because, you know, PlayStation finally decided to put one of their bigger games into the service a year later. But it's like, wait mm-hmm. a minute, you just talked about how you don't like game serv you don't like subservices, but now subservices are okay because for whatever X, Y, and Z reason, make it make sense. The 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 the, the, the like people capping for the best way and only way to experience something is by paying full price is like the most insane garbage thing I've ever heard. Like you might as well just be positioning your face into whatever corporation's ass and just (laughs) kissing it constantly or like licking it's whatever happened to getting the best deal, whatever happened to, you know, waiting for sales or, just getting one over on 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 uh, on a company and, and right. getting great what? I'll play devil's advocate, right? Okay, play devil's advocate. Playing to play devil's advocate, right? Even even though everyone who's talking about this, they're just spreading fud and sure, sure. They just they're just you know they they're doing it in a bad faith. Like let's let's imagine they're not for a second and just play devil's advocate in a hypothetical context before everyone gets super mad at me. The Sony model of seventy dollars, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much everyone else's model is $70, $70. No one else does Xbox Game Pass with the day one stuff. you got EA, EA doing it sort of like after the 12 months thing, which is when sales will drop off anyway. You've only got Microsoft doing the sort of the, uh, the Xbox Game Pass thing. Now, you could argue that Microsoft's the company that has struggled with the perception of consistent quality, you know. So it's easy to link the two things together if you are so inclined to do so. It's so If you're so inclined to do so, you can say, well, Microsoft doesn't have such a high incentive to release quality titles because they're not going to get the $70 sales out of it or whatever. They're only getting this trickle of money from Xbox Game Pass, um, you know, and... A part of that, you know, and again, this is hypothetical, playing playing devil's advocate here. But I think part of that is like Microsoft is so isn't transparent about even even internally. I don't think Microsoft's really transparent about how Xbox Game Pass makes money. You know, because yeah, we know it's a subscription, right? But from from me speaking to Xbox staff, sort of at events like Gamescom and E3 in the past, sort of frankly and off the record kind of thing. You know, just sort of, um, you know, just talking about it off the cuff. Like, it's sort of one of the things that has been implied to me is that, like like you said earlier, that Xbox Game Pass is like, it's Xbox's strongest exclusive right now. So if it brings people into the ecosystem, like, does it not count that, like, the fact that someone maybe, someone came, maybe someone came into the ecosystem for Xbox Game Pass, but then they go off and buy you know, Hogwarts Legacy, which is an Xbox Game Pass. So can you attribute the sale of a Hogwarts Legacy that was purchased as a result of a new-to-Xbox user? Because Microsoft tracks that metric. Microsoft tracks that as a metric, new-to-Xbox. That's a metric they track. If someone was a new-to-Xbox user as a result of coming in from the Xbox Game Pass, the value that's being offered, and then they go off and, you know, start using the ecosystem more actively... Does that do the, do those sales not count towards Xbox Game Pass being worth it in a sort of vi- in a sort of revenue m- mindset? You know, so it's it's an interesting discussion, you know, and I, th- I don't think it will go away until Microsoft does start releasing consistently high quality games. Mm. And the, the reason the reason the reason for that is not Game Pass's fault. It's not Game Pass's fault because Microsoft. Hasn't been able to do this for a hell of a long time. You know, we've ha- we've had like some shining examples of the fact that Microsoft can deliver. You know, Sea of Thieves is an example that Microsoft can do a live service well, as opposed to Halo Infinite, which is an example of them not being able to do one well. We've seen Microsoft be able to release games that are surprisingly great and polished, like Hi-Fi Rush. You know, they had nothing to do with we- that. That was all Bethesda. Remember? Yeah. Okay. F- whatever. Um, you know, okay, Age of Empires four then. Oh well, was that was that relic? You know, I don't. <laughs> it was relic. Then that, uh, nothing to do with that. Yeah, relic. Yeah, I don't know. But you know, you, you got Age of Empires and whatever else, Flight Simulator. They, they've proven that, and Forza. You know, they've proven they can deliver culturally relevant experiences that engage millions of people. They've sh- they've shown that they can do this. But the 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 parts that they struggle on are potentially the more the more creative games that require a collaboration between the story team sandbox team and and sort of marrying that those different sort of developmental disciplines into one product 
is something they seem to really struggle with. And I don't think that's Game Pass's fault. I think that's a Microsoft corporatism fault. I think the, this issue where you, you have this friction between teams is a result of Microsoft's policy. It's not because of Game Pass. And that's just my hunch, you know. But we won't see this narrative go away until Microsoft does start to deliver um, cons- quality on a consistent basis. And I think, ultimately, that's a good thing that Bethesda is a limited integration company because that means they won't be screwed up by the Microsoft corporatism, which I genuinely believe 343 is a victim of Microsoft's corporate culture. I genuinely believe that, you know. And that's why it's kind of a good thing that studios like In Exile, for example, are really far away from Redmond, you know. All the studios that are near to Redmond seem to have issues, you know. And again, this is this is a full hat conspiracy theory here. But I just think Microsoft... As a, as a corporation, as a culture, is not good for developing any product, any product, because all of Microsoft, all the products that come out of Redmond have issues, all of them, you know, and the the best products that come out of Xbox, except the console itself, you know, um, uh, have these kind of issues that you could say are the result of bad management, you know. The bad culture, you know. So, I don't know. It's uh, it, The narrative won't go away until they fix it. Maybe Microsoft really needs to have a look at the way they conduct business in their first party and the way they treat people and the culture at Microsoft because it seems like they can only execute games that don't have... Um, that, that only have, like, a single sort of focus behind them, kind of. I think when it, when it comes to these sort of multi-discipline kind of games where you need a story and multiplayer and all these other things, they always release in this sort of disjointed way. And I think Halo is a perfect, Halo Infinite is a perfect example of that. Which is why it's a good thing Bethesda's separate, you know. But yeah, I suppose we'll have to wait and see. But yes. I think, I, like I wrote in my article, it's way too early to count out Xbox Game Pass as an entity. Way well, I don't know. Early. I mean, you had D... D DFH uh, intelligence saying that uh, Xbox Game Pass is not a long term viable solution. Who said that? One of uh, the video game a- analysts. Um, like you know, how I wonder what they'd say about Spotify. I don't know, but they said that Nintendo Online essentially was better to a certain degree. I mean, maybe there's a maybe there is a future where Microsoft's like you know. Maybe we, nah, we nah, do nah, start nah, treating the game pass like there's, a vault. There's no, know. there's no. You can't put, you can't put this. You open Pandora's box. There's no, there's no closing it. There's no putting everything back in. Uh, I could see them changing tiers of Game Pass, right? Like to maybe like ha- push Game Pass day, pa- day day one games to into a higher tier, and have like lower tiers be just a library. I could see that being the solution, but you're never. You're never going to be like, oh, by the way, uh, Game Pass, we're not putting any of our games on Game Pass day one. You're going to have to wait six months or a year. Like it seems that PlayStation is sort of doing like with with Horizon Forbidden West coming to PlayStation Plus Plus or Premium or whatever it's called a year later. Granted, they also have DLC that they're trying to sell, which is for the Burning Shore that's coming out in April. So they probably want like, okay, well, we'll put it on our subscription. We'll get some people to subscribe, uh, you know to the service and, and, and it's like, Oh, it's here. So buy the DLC. That's going to be there too. I don't think Xbox can do that. I think they're, they're in this situation where it's like you open Pandora's box. Now this is what you got to work with. 
you can't put everything back in and be like, nope, uh, no more day one games, or at least no one, no more day one games from us, because that will not fly. That will look like they aren't 100% in anymore. That Game Pass was essentially an experiment that failed, because why else would you be going back on it, right? Um, so there's things they can do to change it. Uh, but it, it, a lot of the conversation this week surrounding the platform was, was extremely negative. I mean, even the Redfall stuff today, right? People just jumping, jumping headfirst into uh, a thing was like, hey, it doesn't have a disc, you know, and this how awful it is. And just wanting to just be as negative as possible because that's that's what sells. That's what sells on Twitter. That's what sells on YouTube. Right. It's it's got to be the it's got to be that extreme negativity that gets clicks and views. Right. And then like everything's like the ABK stuff has been sort of negative surrounding Xbox for a bit, you know, especially with the reveal of like what the CMA is talking about and how Xbox or, you know, the FTC or not the FTC, the FTC blocking it. But then the EC, like there was even a Reuters article today is like Microsoft is in a latch ditch effort to save the deal is speaking to the European commission on like Tuesday next week or whatever. But it's like the words they use, the la- a latch ditch effort, even though would imply that like, oh, this is it. Deal's dead. They have to save. How are they going to save the deal? Right. But it's more like, no, this is just one part of the process. It's, the process. it's, it's not a latch ditch effort. Like words mean something, but nobody's going to click on an article that's like, xbox to talk to you know the ec because of you know just another step in the process but they will click on something that says xbox's last ditch effort just like i honestly expected more of Reuters. Eh, i don't expect any i don't expect much from anybody just just like how you know you you can write an article about you know flying jim ryan taking his jet potentially visiting xbox because they're talking to Microsoft again, even though maybe they're just visiting Bungie because Bungie's in the area. Who really knows about that? And who really knows what's going on there? Like, is Sony basically feeling the heat now because they're like, well, wait a minute. Maybe the devil we know is better than the devil we don't. Because if this deal passes, or if Microsoft decides to divest COD, what if they divest COD and they give it to somebody and then Microsoft, Microsoft gets a better deal from whoever they sell it to than we could get. Like, hypothetically, what if Microsoft's like, all right, you know what, Amazon, we're going to sell Call of Duty to you. You're making Call of Duty now. But as part of the sale, we get marketing rights for 10 years. And we also get the ability to put it in Game Pass for X amount of time, but you can't put it in PlayStation Plus. Like, what if the entity they sell it to would give preference to Microsoft over them. So Sony might be looking at it and be like, well, we don't want that. We can't have that. So maybe it's better to work with Microsoft to accept the deal where we know the terms we're getting, uh, the possibility of putting on PlayStation Plus, at least like, hey, day, date, pair, you know, like content, all that stuff. Like we could get, there, there would be that fear that was like, all right, we can get a better deal with Microsoft because we know what they're offering versus a potential third party that could actually prefer Microsoft in this as, as part of the sale, right? So, okay, let's talk to them. Maybe the regulators are like, no, you need to make, make it seem like you're, you're doing your due diligence. If not, we'll, we'll pass it. But the way it was sort of written up was 
Xbox fans uh, turn to the skies to, to, to it's like Xbox fans. Uh, granted, it doesn't look it, it's not as like I said, it's not as an enticing headline as say mergers and acquisition expert uh, tracks flight or whatever. But no, it's Xbox fans. Because you know those crazy Xbox fans out there? You know those crazy Xbox fans, game journalists? Because they're always in your emails and your DMs, <laughs> you know, complaining about review scores or talking about why you don't like the brand. or You know you know what we're... Wink, 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 fellow game journalists, right? You know what we're talking about. These damn Xbox fans. They're so... They're, they're, they're so starved for games that they're looking on a computer software to check the flight of, of, of Sony's, you know, like, of, of their private jets to see where they're going. Like, I saw that and I just, I was just like, dude, this is so fucking just, I... I don't know what I don't know what it is. Like Xbox is, is the butt of every joke. Yes, it is. Yeah. And their fans really their fans are butt of every joke. But it's interesting because we have one of the more successful podcasts out there. We definitely get may, way more live viewers than pretty much like any PlayStation podcast, I would say. And you know, so it's like I, I don't know. Maybe we're just viewed as jokes in the larger industry, but I I, I don't know, like the idea of like, Xbox fans, as it's like a group of them, instead of one singular person who is not an Xbox fan, and you're supposed no. to be like, is is this really number one news and two? But like, is it really that I, bad out there I for was, clicks was, and and, and yeah, traffic so that con- we're just like, we're just we're just doing that now? Like, I understand the Redfall thing because that was on Bethesda's help support and it was vague and it was their mistake. So people running with that, I get it because it's like there. It's not like whatever. It's like literally on their website. People run with it like this is something completely different, which paints the user base in a completely negative way, a complete like clownish way, right? Uh, uh, that is just, I mean, sure, there's, there's, sure, there's fan, Xbox fans that are complete clowns. I'm not saying there isn't, and I'm sure there are Xbox fans that have harassed journalists. Of course, there are, but like. I think that's true of basically every fan base in existence. And in this particular case, it it almost seems derogatory in a way where it's like, oh, look at these look at these dumbass Xbox fans. They don't have any mm. games and what they're doing now is they're they're praying this ABK go deal goes through so they're they're watching the skies and seeing what flying Ryan's doing. Like, I don't know. This felt uh, this felt a little bit different, a little bit um I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, it felt cruel to a certain extent, but I don't know. What, what, Chad, what do you think about that? What do you, what do you, what do you think about uh, that headline? I don't know. I saw that and I was just like, oh my Lord. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really annoying, but kind of is what it is. And it's, it's been going on since pretty much the Xbox one launch, you know, and this is what got me into journalism in the first place was, you know, seeing Boogie, Two nine eight eight, I think his name is. Seeing his video, he's like the the sort of the the blatantly fake outrage that's totally been that was totally played up for to ride the wave for clicks and all this stuff. I was just like, the and also like while sprinkling in misleading stuff, it was like it was like misinformation as entertainment, you know. Yeah, watching that whole thing blow up, and I was just like, I really want to offer an alternative to this bullshit 
So that literally inspired me to get into the industry, you know. And seeing um, the way it's been going lately, it feels like it's gotten that bad again. And I think ultimately it's it's a case of what have you done for us lately, Microsoft? Mm. You know, which is funny like because because they just to, they just sorry, literally man. had a developer direct and they released a, high, a game Hi-Fi Rush that nobody expected to be that good, which it was that it has critical acclaim, an 88 on Metacritic, most likely gonna be in a lot of people's game of the year. Just I mean, you're talking about what have you done for me lately? I mean, I don't know. Like Xbox, is, like granted, I know we talk about no, 2020, 2022 being a shit year, and it was a shit year, but this year looks completely different. And then you just released a game that was incredible. And not even a week later, people are out here dooming and glooming. You know, I love, I love me some dooming and glooming. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think the fact that Series X's aren't exactly fully 100% in stock all the time like PlayStation is, is concerning. Like, why are you still having stock problems? Like, I looked online. I looked on Walmart.com. I looked on Target.com. I looked on GameStop.com. I looked on BestBuy.com. I could not find the $500 Xbox Series X in stock at all. On Walmart, they were only really listing resellers that were selling the system and some stuff for $650, right? Mm. Best Buy and Amazon only really had the Forza edition, and that was $560. I was just kind of like, why is the Series X stock so bad? Like, what what's going on here? And then, like, the Series S is still in stock, it's still the holiday edition or whatever that's still on sale for 240 which almost seems at this point a permanent price drop, which says, like, man, did they not sell enough? Did they overship? Do people not want the series? So, I mean, there are some things you can sort of, like, I'm not saying doom and gloom, but, like, question being, like, man, I don't think Xbox made the right choice by focusing strictly on the Series S. Does Xbox and Microsoft seem more focused on 2033 with the cloud by putting all these series X's in the cloud than they are currently right now. Uh, you know, in a time where they should be getting the consoles in everybody's hands that wants it. So you can sell them game pass. So they have all these games, but it almost seems that they're more worried about their, what their cloud infrastructure is going to look like in five to 10 years from now than, than what's currently going on because you know, momentum is, I think mm. is the thing, right? You look at, what PlayStation did this past year with, with God of War releasing and being as good as it was and selling as many copies as it did. And PlayStation basically saying like, Oh, the stock problem's over. You can basically get them whenever how sales are up for them, but down for Xbox. And it's kind of just like, what's really going on here? Like 2022 was just a mess. Why would you get an Xbox when all they had was Pentiment? and it grounded which was two years old but then it's like you don't even need an xbox anyways like that's the other thing i think people forget to realize is like you don't need an xbox to play anything all these games are on pc if you really want to so there is that sort of because people were complaining that sony wasn't marketing returnal on pc and you would put out there like well maybe sony doesn't want really people to know that you can play some of these games without the need of a ps5 i think returnals mm -hmm. didn't sell is not selling well on pc because well it didn't also sell well on, on playstation uh not at least to the levels that you know most playstation games do it's really hard but there are some there there are some like like things that i look at xbox and i i do kind of like well that's that's a concern that I have that hopefully gets fixed, but it seems for a lot of people, it's constant. Any, any sort of rumor or whatever just gets completely blown up. I mean, we, one of the things we talked about in a month or two ago was the thing about fable 
Oh, Fable's restart and development, completely starting over from scratch. Uh-oh, new engine switch. And it was just, it wasn't even, oh, of course, everyone's like, of course this is happening. Because, yeah, because Xbox sucks. Their games always have problems. So, yeah, of course, it, and it, nobody, like, batted an eye at that it was just a, a, a Reddit a 4chan rumor. It was just de facto accepted that, yep, Xbox blows, and they suck, and uh, they're, they're a completely dying brand that nobody wants, and this these... These negative things are just constantly happening, and you know, like it just it makes the discussion around this the console sort of um, the discourse completely unappealing to really talk about. And people ask me why I yeah, really yeah, haven't yeah. made any videos lately. It's been like a month, and I one of my New Year's resolutions was to make more content, and I really want to. But honestly, like I just there isn't really anything I wanted to make videos about. Like I'm totally over the ABK stuff. Sure, I can make a nice little video about Jim lying, flying all over the place, but it's like there's no information with that. It's all just speculation. I just, I just don't care at that point. I'm waiting for more like, hey, it's approved or it's blocked, and it's like, what else really is there? Like, you know, we 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 talked about the developer direct, and it's just like everything else surrounding the platform. It has this weird negative tinge to it that almost reminds me of. 2013 to a certain degree of how yeah. xbox was tweeted was treated back then and it, it feels like the discourse surrounding the platform has backslid uh quite a lot and it's consistency i think it's they've got a the only thing that can cut through that is more hi-fi rushes more hi-fi rushes like, yes uh, like one hi-fi rush and one developer direct is like is not enough to really reassure or create an impression that Xbox has its shit together, you know? And I think they, they just need to get to that place where they're consistently doing it and we're not expecting a disappointment every other quarter. You know, we're not expecting a Halo Infinite catastrophe every other quarter. We're not <laughs> Halo expecting <Infinite> catastrophe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the live service and then the whole stuff with 343. I mean, Halo and- Infinite was... Uh- abject failure though that is that yeah, is 100 percent damaged sure. i think halo infinite's damaged the brand and like phil spent said himself if we don't get if we don't get halo right we're not getting Xbox yeah but even right. that quote is how many years old at this point yeah but i think it's still, i think it's one quote that's still true i think you know, i think it's, it's symbolic it's symbolic it's symbolic sure but i think it's 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 less halo has less of an impact on xbox now than it did i think when he said it though Right, especially know, especially in an era where you own Bethesda and you have Elder Scrolls and Fallout, when you have Minecraft that is literally way bigger than Halo ever could be, when you're about to maybe close a deal where your own Call of Duty, which is significantly great. But I get like you're saying, it's a symbolic statement. Even I, I forget how long ago we even said that uh, we lose our way with Halo, we lose our way with Xbox, and like the thing is, is that they lost their way with Halo, so it's it's a relevant quote, but. I don't think Halo is imp- is as important to Xbox now as it used to be when that quote was said. And that's not me damage controlling because like I think Halo Infinite is an abject failure. I think 343 needed needed cleansing years ago. I don't understand how we ended up in this situation with 343 and Halo in the first place. 
That is definitely on Booty. That's definitely on the management of 343. That's definitely on Phil for allowing it to happen, whether or not it was through action or inaction, whether he knew it was a problem or whether he was completely unaware. You're the quarterback. Like the quarterback, you know, the quarterback gets all the praise when things go well, but he gets a lot of, you know, his fair share of blame when it doesn't go well. You've lost me. What what does a quarterback do? Yeah, whatever. It, it, quarterback's a football terminology. The, the people, yeah, but what, what do they do? They, you know. They I've get, never known they, this. I've never quarterback known this. Explain football, a quarterback. So, so, quarterback in the football, they get the ball, and they decide what to do with it. They can even they can hand it off to somebody, and they'll run it, or they could throw it through the air to a wide receiver uh, for a pass, or they can hold on to themselves and run it. And usually they're the highest played player on the field because they're the most important. They're the ones who decide what, what happens with the ball. So when teams are doing very well, uh, the pra- uh, the quarterbacks get a lot of, a lot of praise. Like, Oh man, this is the most amazing out there. Everything he does is great. We're winning because of him. And when the quarterbacks, when the teams are doing bad, it's usually because the quarterback's not performing up to what he should be performing. It's like, Oh, we need a new quarterback. Right. So, you know, a lot of people, so it's like Phil gets a lot of credit for the things he's done for Xbox, even though he would tell you that it's all the teams. Um, but there are definitely some people that don't want to put any blame on him whatsoever. And that like, you know, I, I think he deserves some of it because he's essentially the captain of the ship. He's the quarterback, you know, in this scenario. I don't even, I know maybe the correct analogy would be like, the he would be essentially be the the GM, but I I think it's like the GM really doesn't get the praise. It's it's the quarterback What's that gets the, the praise. General manager basically makes all personnel decisions. Right? So so Phil is Tom Brady. No, Phil would be whoever is the Buccaneers GM. Either way, the point I was trying Who's to the make Buccaneers? the point we're we talking about Pirates now. It's just the name of a football Jeez. team, Jazz. The point I was trying to make is that either through either through either through inaction or 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 whatever like you allow something to fester and you should have gotten rid of it before but you let it grow and you didn't intervene that's still on you that's still on you that's still on booty for allowing the premier ip to be in 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 the situation where like what is the future of halo i don't i don't know nobody knows halo infinite is just a failure and that that's on you because of how big it once was, right? Mm. There are things that, you know, like you definitely, there's definitely things that Phil's done great. And there's definitely things that like anybody else that like, he definitely, uh, you know, needs to be improved on. And I think you look at three, four, three and halo. It's definitely something that is, a, a you know, a black eye on, on his resume. Um, and I don't even know, I've been rambling for a while. I don't even know what we were even really talking about. What was I talking about? I forget. We're, talk- we're originally talking about this, the CMA, and saying that if Game Pass cannibalizes. Oh yeah, I mean, but that was so long ago. Yeah, it was like an hour ago. I don't even. I don't rem- I mean, I don't even know. Remember what? What we even maybe yeah. bring this all up? Let's let's let me let me on. let me look at some of these super chats. I've completely lost my train of thought. Um, uh, Canada wants to know, Jez, if ABK deal gets rejected, do you think there's a plan B? Didn't you write a whole article about this today? Yes, I wrote a whole ass article about this. I mean. I'll summarize it briefly, but you can go and read the article on minocentral.com and share it. That really helped me out a lot. Um, I appreciate everyone who does share my articles. It helps me stay in a job, which I, which I kind of need. Um, but yeah, I wrote an article about that today. It's pinned on minocentral.com. 
basically like exploring what they could do. And I came up with like a few possible scenarios. I mean, we've discussed them before, but it was basically like maybe they could invest in other studios, which is something that Tencent does to get influence over the direction of where some of those platforms go. As, as you know, maybe they could drop a few million on Square Enix, you know, investment and be like, look, you know, whatever, whatever we did to, to, to upset you, we're sorry. Here's a bunch of money. Please give us five Fantasy seven remake. Um, you know, and maybe they could they could grow their influence doing that. Maybe they could, you know, buy smaller studios, which is the old strategy, you know, um, instead of, uh, you know, running and gunning for the pie-in-the-sky Activision Blizzard deal. Or maybe they could, um, you know, go for Sony strategy, where they just buy exclusivity stuff outright, you know. They'd have to pay a premium for it, having a smaller platform. But, um, you know there wouldn't really be in a, they wouldn't have a choice at that point so it's kind of like exploring that but i don't think they're going to take they're going to they're not going to change their strategy you know um speaking to people at xbox it was always like activision blizzard was about accelerating their strategy about accelerating towards mobile about accelerating the quality of what was being offered in xbox game pass they'll still be able to achieve that just not as quickly as activision blizzard would allow so I mean, yeah. I mean, there is no plan B. It just means the plan A gets a little slower, I guess. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So read Jez's article if you want to learn more what he what he thinks is going to happen. Uh, we got one here from Raiden Blade. Looks, he says, look, Xbox fell behind in 2022 because they had nothing outside of third party, and Game Pass now is 23. They have to show up, especially marketing. Uh, he also says, mm. I read and understand what the statement. First party games are not really on sale. It's in the service, but this article is trying to paint a negative game pass. 2023 PS5 is one to two games. First games Xbox has four to six, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that may be true. We don't know what Sony's, you know, release schedule is, although they are releasing PSVR 2, and that does have some exclusive games. They do have Final Fantasy 16. Um, Spider-Man 2 seems to be the only first party title coming this year, although I think... There is that one game that they that was supposed to come to Xbox that they are publishing. I forget the name of it. It's like Stellar Blade or something. You know what I'm what I'm talking about, Jez? That nope. was used anyways. Um Xbox and PlayStation are in different uh what's the word I'm looking for here? Planets. <laughs> Not different planets, but expectations for both are completely different. Right? PlayStation can mm. only PlayStation can only put out a couple games and people will be completely okay with it. Whereas Xbox can't put out a couple games because there's this been whole, this whole mantra of Xbox has no games for so long that them finally putting out four to six games is like, oh, it's about time, right? It's about mm. time. Uh they're just they're viewed differently, right? You can say that's a double standard if you want. And you, I guess that is true. Like some people will be like, Oh, remember? Cause we had that whole discussion about if Xbox only released Starfield, Redfall, Forza motorsport and Hellblade two this year, would that be a good year? And there was a lot of people that said, no, they needed more because mm. Starfield, the Redfall essentially don't count because they're delayed games. But those same people would say that Sony had a great 2022 because they had God of War and Horizon Forbidden West and um, Gran Turismo 7 and Last of Us 1 Remake. 
even mm-hmm. though three of those four games were delayed games from the year previous. It's like, well, mm-hmm. how are you discounting those two Xbox games and saying they don't count, but then saying the PlayStation ones do? It's basically because PlayStation and Xbox, people view them completely differently from one another. PlayStation gets the benefit of doubt a lot of stuff because they have a better track record of putting out quality, consistent content that Xbox is trying to reach up to. Um, especially when it comes to AAA stuff, even though a lot of the games that Xbox has put out this generation have actually been of really high quality. If you look, uh, go through the Metacritic and look, like Psychonauts 2, Halo, you know, for a lot of people, a lot of shit people give Halo now, it definitely launched extremely well. Forza Horizon 5, Flight Sim, Grounded is still, is, is highly rated. Pentiment was highly rated. You know, uh, Hi-Fi Rush, extremely highly rated. Like, the era where Xbox was putting out 60 Metacritic stuff, yellow stinkers, what people would call the Xbox stench, that hasn't been a thing for a while now. But people like to think it's still a thing because it's an easy way to make fun of the brand and talk about Game Pass fodder. That these games that were uh, critically lambasted are given away. They're given away on Game Pass because nobody would buy them otherwise because they're bad. Like when I'm talking the Crackdown 3s, the Sea of Thieves when it first came out. Right? Look how look how different just just there from the Halo Infinite to the Sea of Thieves. Halo Infinite launched at like an 86 or an 87, which is a pretty high score. Uh, that scores that's higher than a lot of PlayStation exclusives, but don't let but the PlayStation guys don't want to hear that, right? You know, yeah. the PlayStation guys want to think to themselves that every PlayStation game is somehow a 90 plus game. And then Sea of Thieves launched at like a mid 60 or something. But look what happened to both Sea of Thieves got better as it went, and I would imagine if people re-reviewed it now, it would definitely wouldn't be in the 60s, probably somewhere in the 80s, one of the more unique games. And, like, I bet you if people re-reviewed Halo now, it definitely wouldn't be the high 80s. It probably would be in the low 80s, if not the, the, the high 70s, right? The tale of two live service experiences. But, like, the era of Microsoft being a joke... Game-wise, for quality, I think is done and over with. Because I think Redfall is going to be great, despite the current controversy surrounding the game about the Always Online. I think Starfield's going to deliver. It may not deliver to the 94 meta that Skyrim had, but I think it's going to be incredibly good. And I think whenever like the Hellblades and the Vowds and the Perfect Dark launches, they're all going to be really well-received too. So I think the era of Xbox being the butt of a joke, because they used to release crap... Uh, because they released it too early or whatever, the, I think those days are gone, and they've been gone for a while. Even yeah. looking back from you know the start of 2020, is it that people just they want to hold on to somebody that they can just freely make fun of and not get pushback on? Which is like what exactly happened to Xbox last generation, where it wasn't just gamers making fun of them; it was literally the media too. And somehow we've we've spun it back where. It's this negative article after negative article about whether Game Pass or about the deal or about how Microsoft's not doing well and we can't let them have ABK because they'll just dominate the industry, which I can't believe people actually believe that, but you know, people people really do. It's just oh, just it's it's they're on the path to 
like what they're not even they wouldn't even like pass up sony let monopoly are you you're sure you're not using you're using the wrong word here right like it's 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 mind-boggling all this sort of stuff like nintendo doesn't get this sort of examinate where are the articles about about nintendo and saudi arabia you know, like know. where the, the Saudi Arabia just increased the Saudi Arabia fund just increased their uh, uh, its stake in Nintendo to like seven percent. Nobody's talking about that at all, but they talk about all nope. these other issues that uh, you know or whatever. But nobody's talking about the blood money. Nobody's talking about hey, we're buying Nintendo products, giving Nintendo money, and some of that money is going to literally go over to Saudi Arabia. And fund whatever goes on in Saudi Arabia, but nobody mentions that whatsoever, right? And like, nobody. Re- I mean, even even with with Sony, some of the PlayStation VR two stuff, it's like, man, this is a great thing. It's a great thing. The only caveats is like, oh, maybe the games won't. It doesn't really have the games. It's not PlayStation itself is never presented as like, well, the platform might be dying uh, because one of the services it's offers is not long term sustainable and it's hurting developers and it needs to change. And Microsoft's the worst. Like it doesn't have to deal with any of that stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, see what else we got here. Um, we have Aragata Sura saying, hi guys, what do you think of Microsoft wanting to save the planet, but also selling a 70 box of empty plastic Redfall should have been digital only. I mean, I'd be fine for a digital-only release. Deathloop was digital-only on Xbox. And I'm definitely for the idea of, like, either you put the disc in there, or if you're not going to do that, then have it be digital. But we talked about that. They, there is a disc in the box, so it's not just empty plastic. Yeah. It's not just empty I plastic, mean, sir. It's, I mean, it's an interesting topic, but it's... I don't know. We'd have to go into green credits and all that kind of stuff. I do wonder, like, how much, you know, plastic would actually what what contribution to carbon footprint the plastic game disc boxes are. But um, I don't think it contradicts Microsoft's mission because Microsoft, you know, they're buying a lot of green credits. But then again, green credits are controversial in of themselves, so. Hey, you just you, did I see you just posted the Starfield official trailer on did, Twitter? Yeah. You gonna get did, in trouble yeah. for that? Yeah, maybe, bro. Maybe, oh my bro. god. Um. Uh. Let's see here. Uh. Ricardo says, "Love the show. Hope you guys have a nice weekend." Rand, are you aware of the private talk Sony's having with Microsoft regarding the ABK deal? Uh. Yeah. We we've talked we've talked about that. Who knows what's going on with that? Uh. Who knows if they're gonna come to some arrangement? Um, we'll just have to make sure we keep our eye on the, uh, you know, the skies to see what Jim Ryan's doing. Um, I, Leaky Hum man, says, that's, "That's that's some X Files shit." It keep is. Your eye on the skies, man. Leaky Hum says, "Arnie, S, senior producer on Fable, saw your Fable article. He must be talking about you, Jez, or Brandon Lowry's article or something." What did he say? He says that. Uh, Amy S, senior producer on Fable, saw your article. Saw your Fable article. So. Oh, really? Uh, that's what he oh, says. Uh, P.O. Perialt says, hey, guys, you got info on Blizzard's survival game? Uh, Jez does. I think you've talked about that uh, a little bit, but that was like last year, right? Yeah, I saw a really early build of it. Um, it looks really good. 
it's, it's sort of fairy tale uh kind of overwatch visual style fairy tale building stuff I, it's sort of like kind of from what i could glean from because i saw it off screen from what i could glean from it it kind of looked like fairy tale fallout 76 kind of you know um people won't like the comparison to fallout 76 maybe but it's a very popular game um you know you you can build stuff you can go hunting stuff take down monsters and all that kind of thing from what i can tell i've written it up before i think or i've talked about it here but yeah um from what i understand it's it's code name is either it's code name is odyssey or its working title is Odyssey. Oh dear! Well, unfortunately, for those who are listening to the audio version, um, it was about here that the podcast suddenly died because YouTube had some kind of server issues last night, which meant we could no longer stream live. So yes, uh, this week's Patreon Q&A section will be next week on the show. Um, But yeah... (laughs) So that this is me explaining the abrupt end of this week's podcast. But uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. And uh, be sure to check out factormeals.com forward slash Xbox 260 for 60% off your first box of America's number one meal kit. And uh, me and Randa will see you next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs>